miniature soldiers, big opinions. This is the Conclave Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Conclave Podcast. I'm the Sandman and welcome to today's Blood Angel Supplement Review. This is going to be the easiest hosting experience, I think, for me, because I have not one, not two, but three super mega Blood Angels fans. <laughs> Joining me, we yes! have Reza. How are you, Reza? I am turned on. <laughs> and uh, Warhipster, how are you today? Uh, essentially like Reza, but probably about 16 yes, points higher. Down, Reza. That's, what, that's what we like. I am pitching, I am pitching the biggest game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a marquee down. It is a marquee down there. And the legal department. First of all, is this all okay for us to say? And secondly, how are you today? <laughs> well, I'm all right. Yeah, no, I think you can say what you want. That's fine. Uh, Josh can talk about his large marquee. I'm sitting here on a coffee. Uh, on a coffee with a coffee because it's Sunday morning. But yes, I am very excited about the magical world of the Blood Angels. Yeah. So if you're interested in Blood Angels, do just skip ahead to about an hour in because obviously for the first hour we'll just be talking about the new exciting book, the uh, Marathi book from Age of Sigma. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's also exciting. Oh, it's so exciting. So, Everybody so loves this. has just got a double whammy of, of power because he's got the Blood Angels supplement and he's got his Age of Sigma elf snake ladies. Everything is good for him. Yes. I think I actually think the Marathi oh, okay. book came out a week ago, <laughs> but... Um, I I, I've only ju- I've only ju- I've only just got it because of no I know because of lockdown restrictions I didn't really want to I didn't really want to just order the book I always feel really bad about like doing an order for a thing so like I don't know I I used to run a shop a long time ago a games workshop shop um, which is a shop where you buy games workshops shop, shop. Um, but but like I used to I used to work in one and so like I always I just have this thing about like buying one thing from Games Workshop it always has to be a number of things so when I went into the store this weekend because lockdown is over hooray for now um I I saw the book and I was like yes I need that one too so this weekend is just spent bathing in the narrative goodness of both the worlds of Warhammer so I think let's you know, start off with some nice friendly questions and not look to divide anybody so rich what makes you the biggest blood angel fan i read uh devastation of bow and then i read dante and i thought fuck playing these boys in blue i'm gonna make my own blood angel successor chapter and now i have pretty much a company well i'm getting close to it yeah nice okay okay that yeah that was really short and sweet yeah, nothing about sanguinius nice, even yeah. okay do you know who he is sanguinius <laughs> yeah. um you know yeah it's just some ang- no not so angry he's just a bit he's a bit down jesus looking yeah. motherfucker he's yeah, he's like a winged gilliman basically um is is the most accurate i mean they're just awesome that's all you can say right <laughs> they like to punch things in the face they go Blah! and it's just not boring to play and then the books are awesome everything about them is awesome they're just nice awesome. all right and uh, adam the lost legal department what, what makes you the uh, the biggest blood angel fan Horus, my brother. Uh, 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 sorry, I'm just lost in the death visions of Sanguinius because uh, I love the uh, the Blood Angels that much. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But um, no, I I, I have the, the reasons I have are, are twofold. I think the law is really cool, um, and War Hipster, who you will get to in a minute, but his boundless enthusiasm um, for the Blood Angels is a big factor in sort of convincing me that they were the way to go. And the other reason is just on the tabletop. Um, I've I obviously got back into the hobby about two years ago now so i have quite a sizable space marine force and i've done the whole gun line thing 
it's quite boring. It's very point and click. And I said to myself that in ninth edition, um, and well, it was supposed to be this year, but obviously there's been no tournaments or events really. So, um, but this year I wanted to do something that was a bit more um, interactive and um, a lot more sort of fly up on a jump pack and punch you in the face type army, which of course is the specialism of the Blood Angels. So, um, yeah, I, I, um, I've read, you know, Devastation of Baal, Dante. Um, I'm working my way through Fear to Tread. I think I mentioned that on the podcast the other week, um, which is the Horus next sort of Horus Heresy book i'm on um so yeah they're 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 just really interesting and and one of the things and war hipster will probably kill me because i'm maybe going to jump on something that he's about to say but one of the things i really liked about them and he actually described this when we did our our background into the hobby podcast is the blood angels take anyone right from they 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 come from this this series of worlds this area even lawyers even, even lawyers, yeah. Um, well, they have a particularly harsh legal department with a guy who fly, you know, head partner who flies around with an axe and chops your head off if you go too insane. Um, but um, but no, they, they come from this area called the Red Scar. There's, you know, Baal and Baal Secundus and Baal Primus, the three sort of planets at the heart of the Blood Angels chapter, are absolutely covered in radiation. They're harsh deserts. They have a high um, number of mutants among the population there. So they're not drawing, you know, they're not like... Um, maybe the ultramarines who sort of pick on you know the sort of the 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 noble sons of mcleg and the 500 worlds who are these kind of you know already these sort of pseudo perfect people they take the people who are really in a bad state and the whole idea is that by going through the insanguination by becoming a blood angel they strive for perfection and they're also flawed and again we'll talk about this in more detail later but they have they have this this fundamental sort of darkness at the heart of their at the heart of their being which is balanced against this like love of you know the arts and this love of of having a, of, of philosophy and trying to be the best they can and that that sort of dichotomy i think is really cool um so sorry that was an incredibly poncy way of saying i just really love the law behind them and what they do i think they dichotomies very well too um <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like good. I think that that's a really popular answer, actually. That I think does matter. That a lot of people give when they talk about Blood Angels, which is that they they open up Marines to play a lot more like you would hope they do, which is this massive combat threat. And um, unfortunately, you know, Marines can be a bit point and click at times, which is which is always a bit of a shame. So lots of people find that when they play against blood angels they feel like wow this is an army that's you know really up in my face and that there's a lot more movement and kind of tactical precision in that respect so i think that's actually quite a, a, a popular reason um, and obviously their law is incredibly flushed out and, and they're very very lucky in that respect so obviously i've, I've left to last um, but not least the war hipster for a specific reason josh you're you are probably the biggest blood angel collector that i know not sorry i should say you're Blood Angels collection is the biggest collection of someone that I know. Um, so I wasn't making any lockdown jokes there. Um, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> you know I'm really sensitive about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, what, what was it about you? Um, how, how did you get into them? Oh, good Lord. Where to start? I mean, the... He likes the color red. I, I mean, I do. I do love the color red. That is, that is, that is very true. I mean, I think on the podcast, I am the only actual Blood Angels collector because we have two successor chapters with us, don't we, today? That is true. That so, is true. Um, yeah. so you know, throw that in our face. <laughs> score one for me, fellas. Um, don't worry. Adam, Adam and Rich have both paid a CP to be here, guys. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just, I, I think, yeah, as Adam said, I, I've already covered this before on a previous podcast, but... Um, I, I love winding up um, Custodes players about 
the noble sacrifice <laughs> that that the blood angels made and the custodians simply did not um, anyone in particular you're thinking of there no it can't be right now <laughs> no one important so um yeah no i just the sang- sanguinius as a character um on his own is enough to to bring anyone into the into into the fold of the angel. Um, I I just think as I've as I've said before, his his whole um, loyal to a fault. The the fact that he he did not he embodies what I think it is to be a space marine. You know, they shall know no fear, duty above dishonor. This all the kind of thing. Um, the 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 fact that he had that that gift of foresight uh, knew exactly what was going to happen to him knew why it had to happen and knew the price that his legion would have to pay which is why he made so many changes and did so many kind of organizational things and tried to encourage them to grow as individuals and learn more about you know each other and what they should be doing to be better space marines this that and the other um which is which is brilliantly summed up in one of the um short stories of uh they have this kind of trial of combat type thing where um uh, if effectively Sanguinius sits upon a throne and um, Blood Angels are supposed to fight over him. So one is supposed to try and kill him, the other is supposed to try and defend him and the trial goes on and on and on and on until a stalemate is reached and the trial is being fought between Azkelon, who is the original, um, well not the original, but the at the time of the Horus Heresy and the Great Crusade, he is the leader of the, um, the Sanguinary Guard and on the other side, you've got Amit, who is the flesh terror. Um, so he is the most aggressive aspect of the Blood Angels versus the kind of the human shield of the Blood Angels. And they fight to a complete standstill. And they do this trial over and over and over and over again. And uh, in this book, um, Sanguinius demands that they uh, go off and learn more about what other legions are doing, learn more about themselves and go on basically on a crusade to, to, to find themselves uh they go on their walk through the appalachian mountains as it were and then uh they make he makes them swap roles so he makes amit be his defender and he makes Azkelon try and kill him and it just kind of really blows each other's minds um because they they think that it's not within their nature to change and he does all of this because he knows one day the blood angels are going to have to come to terms with the nature of who they are because he knows what sacrifice he is going to have to make and how that is going to affect his sons who he loves very dearly um so that in and of itself is enough to go these guys are awesome but they all embody him so they are the most they they are close to i i I sometimes think that the salamanders are probably the most human they have the greatest kind of drive of humanity within them but the blood angels are a close second um in that they often kind of they put the human population first there is there is they 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 have this they they have a real tie to the imperium they know what they have sacrificed they know the price that they have paid and they are willing to pay it there's a brilliant brilliant quote in this book from sanguinius himself that is uh he says hang on let me just find Ow, it Horus, fuck that hurt yeah 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 that's exactly it uh it's, it's it's weirdly jarring with the rest of the language no um he said go, go my sons go forth on a gap year learn more about yourselves so this this quote here is this it is there is no sacrifice more noble than to give your life for a cause in which you truly believe in all the long millennia of human history there has never been a worthier cause than that of the imperium which is 
sums them up brilliantly, I think. So that in and of itself is, I feel like they are a little bit of noble bright in a grim dark no, uh, universe. And that is enough to draw me to them uh, in the first place. The the other thing is, as Adam said, it's the fact that literally anyone can be a blood angel. They do not they do not discriminate. And there is a brilliant piece of back history about them, about when they were, you know, the Ninth Legion during the Unification Wars, uh, when they originally earned the title of the Eaters of the Dead, because they were really poetic back in those days. Um, and they if, sure that's why yeah <laughs> yeah they're, uh, and they essentially what they're the blood angels this is again so for those who don't know the unification wars are when the emperor is unifying the solar system is before the great crusade even starts before the massive imperium that we know today has not even been formed it's a, it's a twinkle in the emperor's eye at the moment and there's this excellent little bit of back history about how the blood angels as as they were soon to be known, are deployed to the moons of Neptune. And there's about 12,000 of war- of them, and they arrive at the moons of Neptune and they kind of disappear. Like, the, the, the kind of the, the imperial forces lose contact with them. And anyway, it's a, it's a number of years later, and they effectively, the rest of the, the rest of the kind of, the, the emperor, Malkador and all that, they turn up at the moons of Neptune, and they find the blood angels having not only uh, replenished all of their numbers from the barely human dregs that are left on Neptune from the people that they've just suppressed, but they've actually grown as a legion. So, because <laughs> they've just taken these people who are like utterly mutated, as I say, dregs of humanity, and turned them into these angelic people, which is just, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I'm really sorry. Do you want me to stop? Like, I can keep going. I, I was, I was just going to say... Rich, did you want to add anything to your answer? <laughs> well, actually, something that Josh kind of like, spoke about, kind of, I guess, more is when I read the Dante novel, and I think it comes across with what he said about Sanguinius, but like Dante being what he is now, he's so so human. In in any of his uh, kind of books and, uh, and any interactions he has, he, he, he really focuses on caring about every single person that falls under his command or under his responsibility. And that kind of really drew it, drew it to me because usually you'd find just some marines like let me get involved in a fight if there's casualties in the way it's not really my 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 problem but in one of the interactions that I, i've read him in his first and foremost responsibility was to make sure we get these people off the planet first and then we'll go uh which is it's kind of refreshing uh, it's weird to say because you kind of feel like that should be what their job is but it's just nice to just read about. <laughs> yeah, it's rare, isn't it? Like it, that's yeah. it, it's it's. This is what I mean about that sli- that slither of noble bright in the grim dark universe. Uh, is is how I feel about these blood angels, and I am an absolute shill or sucker for playing as the good guys. And I know that in Warhammer Forty Thousand, you know, the term "good guys" is is something that doesn't really enter into the vocabulary because everybody is shades of gray and of course the blood angels are shades of gray as well but ultimately at their heart their ethos is being the good guys um so and, and we and talk about the with the shade of gray we've not mentioned uh mephiston the lord of death who's just the most ridiculously powerful psycho <laughs> uh and, and he's the that well, the blood angels chief librarian and he does things here in books and stuff that just like just blows your mind how outrageously powerful he is uh, things like he can like slow down time and all, all these really cool powers. And, and my first time I've ever read about is, him. Is he from Balsagundus or Transylvania? I always forget. 
<laughs> uh, it's a little bit of column A yeah, and but... a little bit of column B on that one. Um, yeah. yeah but I think the co one of the coolest things I've seen her ever do was all all these blood angels shot off of their jump packs, and then it just goes to a bit where it goes, uh, and Mephisto just grew like these massive red wings out of his back and just flew off with them, and I was like, what the fuck? It's That's so, so cool. awesome! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so That's good. I was just going to say to, to your to your point about the blood angels caring. There's actually a really good quote in this new book, um, which if 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 uh, our, our Lord Master, our spiritual leader, oh fuck, it, Horus, it I said that really hurt. <laughs> I will I will read because this is it's from a follow up from, from the first quote listeners. This is from Ava Falamore, who is a rogue trader, and this is talking about the blood angels, right? <laughs> this is about it's to just... sound like a phone in radio show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I tell you, uh, I'm I'm outraged. I'm outraged at the blood. No. Um, uh, yeah, so he says, The Red Scar was never a place I considered a pleasure to visit, but it was always a haven of a kind. An area with such close space marine oversight always will be. The Blood Angels are a noble brotherhood. They never showed any real interest in my work on the few occasions I interacted with them, and much of that was disdain. I suppose they see people like me as best as a necessity, a necessary evil, but otherwise too underhanded or suspect. For warriors like them, the morally grey areas of the galaxy in which a rogue trader operates compute poorly with their uh, strict systems and disciplines. But while I couldn't help but admire them, I don't particularly like them either. Doesn't sound great, right? But they were to me little more than guarantors, guarantors of protection in a sliver of space. But even that was lost to me when the Leviathan struck them. Sentimentality is not a trait I am known for, but the thought of those monsters consuming the Blood Angels sickened me. I even dispatched ships to fight. I am no warrior, and flight is always a preferred option to me than battle. But if we lost Baal, much more would follow, of that I am certain. Victory was theirs, I am grateful to say. There will be much opportunity for new business reclaiming the Imperium Nihilus, and I expect the Warden and the Regent to give me the best rights in exchange for my contribution to the war effort. So to your point about Noble Bright, you've got a super cynical, like, rogue trader sort of merchant person there. And even they, who don't like the Blood Angels, are like, oh god, but if we lost them, like, that would be the end of, you know, the end of everything. I mean, it, it, it's, so it's kind of, it's kind of paying them a compliment in that, in that sort of slightly backhanded way. Yeah, I mean, they're so important. That, that's the, that's the, that's the other thing about them, is they, you know, they are one of the main defenders during the Siege of Terror. They are Sang Sanguinius holds the Eternity Gate by himself for a little while in order to buy the Imperial forces time to not get completely consumed by the forces of chaos. He obviously gives his life in uh, to uh, you know create the opening for the Emperor to finally defeat Horus. He, he he is so important, and the Blood Angels as a Legion are so important to the fabric of the Imperium. Look at Dante now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess this will get into a point before we want to talk about a bit, but Dante's now responsible for half of the Imperium. Yeah. Well, I also think one of the things that is super important is has such a um, powerful seed in the 40k narrative that is explored a lot in the Blood Angels books <clears throat> is the is what the prophecies of Sanguinius. So Sanguinius, before he died, wrote down lots and lots of prophecies he actually like lived in a library for a little bit and he just and he, sanguinius i don't think if we actually mentioned this but i'm sure most people know sanguinius could see the future and so he actually wrote down a lot of these and there's especially one which is particularly poignant as we mentioned i think on one of the early podcast dante is you know very very old he's actually older um in terms of like years lived than rebute gilliman he's 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 like fif over 1500 years old now and but one of the reasons he hangs on is because he believes that the warrior in the in a prophecy is him and the prophecy is that there will be a golden warrior 
who stands between the emperor and I think just like damnation. I don't know the exact words of the prophecy. It was yeah, but yeah, it's like they like Josh says they clearly have a massive part to play in the future of 40k um, and and Dante specifically, um, and that is why yeah I think he's going to be around for quite quite some years to come. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, let's move on then from that because yeah, Rich, you were just touching on that. So where are Blood Angels currently? in the law um, where have we got to i know we covered quite a bit on sanguinius and the heresy um in kind of josh and adam's kind of origin stories so uh, yeah where, where are we now where, where what blood was doing well i mean so this certain high fleet called leviathan so this massive tyrannid thing kind of um <laughs> laid waste to a lot of the the, the the i guess the red scars um uh the legal department mentioned earlier so but where we've left them is they've just kind of fought off this massive horde and at the moment they're trying to re- kind of reclaim that the world uh, the, the worlds the planets that are around um bow bow prime and bow secundus and uh Gulliman's just appointed uh dante as uh, the warden of the imperial nihilus which is like the dark bit of the the north of the imperium the, the, the other half where uh they're not being touched you could never anything. go there simba yeah <laughs> Yeah, the elephant, the <laughs> elephant graveyard of the galaxy. <laughs> despite yeah. despite Nottingham being firmly located in the Midlands, yes, it is in fact grim up north in forty k. Yeah, I think you lot just summed up better than I could really. Um, yes, yeah, so at the moment we're kind of just left with the uh, with Dante trying to and his and the successor chapters uh, kind of just trying to reclaim the world and get rid of the the rest of the remnants of the high of high fleet of the five and, and any other things that might be about and causing a bit of mayhem up there uh and then we also had the the primaris just kind of uh, arrive and then um kind of reinforce a lot of the losses that happened with the, the all the angel um the blood angel successes and the blood angel chapter as well i don't know that's my, my layman's terms of uh, <laughs> explaining it do we want to do we want to briefly touch on on gabriel seth and the flesh terrors there because i think there's a nice sort of segue yeah. with the primaris stuff i would love to touch gabriel seth and the flesh terrors so <laughs> i don't think ahead. he i don't think he likes being touched by anyone but he's got uh, a big two-handed sword you could touch. let's uh yeah so so <laughs> so one of the one of the um the good the good things about this supplement is it covers obviously both the blood angels and successors but in particular the flesh terrors who are um to to bring it back to something uh Warhips said earlier so amit who is one of the captains in the Blood Angels at the time of the Heresy is known as the Flesh Terror. And when it comes to the sort of the, the Codex Astartes and the Legion being broken up into the various chapters, he sort of becomes the founder of the Flesh Terrors, who are this particularly violent um, successor chapter of the Blood Angels. Uh, the reason I talk about this with regard to Primaris is one of the things that's interesting about the Flesh Terrors is uh, they sort of accept, or, or, or accept probably isn't the right word, but they're kind of, they, they see the flaw so which is 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 the 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 red thirst and the black rage which again we'll we'll talk about in more detail later on but suffice to say it basically means that if you're a blood angel there is a point at which you will probably just descend into madness go insane and then die um they kind of like law actually in that respect yeah yes yeah 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 (laughs) like like a long legal career um uh but you um (laughs) but you uh but the the flesh terrors kind of uh are not comfortable with this happening but they've they've accepted the inevitability of it and their chapter master a guy called gabriel seth one of his big things is well look if this is all going to happen to us we shall go out with the most glorious death possible and then my chapter will be extinguished and there's no point trying to fight it there's no point trying to hide from it it's gonna happen and and we will we will make like a noble sacrifice before we die again on that kind of no 
Noble Brights at a sacrificial point. So when the Primaris turn up, one of the things that happens is they, they initially think, ah, these guys who are sort of forged from the gene stock, which is actually much closer to the Primarch, because obviously these guys were actually made, you know, most of them were made 10,000 years ago and basically put in the freezer by Belisarius Call. Um, they they wonder if this means that the floor, the Red Thurston Black Rage, has been has been removed from them, that they never suffered from it, that they will survive. Obviously, for a lot of Blood Angels, that's, yay, this is great. For the Flesh Terrors, they think this is rubbish because they want that sacrificial death. And uh, Gabriel Seth gets a little bit emo about the whole thing and sort of goes, oh, well, this is rubbish because oh, my, my... So I'm doing sort of the goth voice from uh, of Noel, Noel Fielding from the IT crowd, but he's sort of, uh, you know, oh, no, my, my chapter's not going to die. That's rubbish. Oh. Um, but then um, they pretty soon discover that, in fact, the Primaris do also suffer from the floor. They do also suffer from the Red Thirst of the Black Rage. And Gabriel Seth is suddenly quite happy again. And he's like, oh, yeah, brilliant. Now we can just go and fight and die and everything's wonderful. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so it's 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 an interesting <laughs> interaction um, when, the, um, when the Primaris arrive and how the different successor chapters sort of take it. No, for sure. It's super interesting. Yeah, Gabriel Seth has, and it's, it, you know, this isn't limited to Gabriel Seth. There are lots of chapters that do have a problem with Rebute Gilliman um, putting Primaris Marines into every chapter. Um, it seems like he's now gotten over it. But I will just actually, just as a quick side note, just because I think it's just, it's my one of my favourite parts of any book ever. If you haven't read Devastation of Battle, um, you probably should do because it's a really, really good book. But also, please just buy it and read um, towards the end when Dante and Gilliman meet. Because if you don't cry, then honestly, it it it's so emotional that scene. It is the book does a really great job building up Dante's character and like when Rabute Gilliman meets him because obviously Rabute Gilliman is. Um, distraught at the state of the Imperium and he there's that famous quote that you've probably seen on a lot of the um, GW books over the past couple of years where he says better we had let the Imperium died to the flames of Horus's ambition than let it see what it had been today um, but and he, he feels like that for most things except for Dante and it's just the most like oh it's just the most incredible moment ever it's because he like just reminds him of sanguinius isn't it like it's yeah, almost yeah. like uncanny for he, gilliman um he calls him a, a hero in like a, a like a yeah. time and and it's funny you actually you say josh about how important they are and just going back to that, actually gilliman says the same thing he says the you know sanguinary bloodline you know it's just too important to let die i mean he he was the most beloved of all his brothers sanguinius that, that's that that is that is, I mean, he—he's you know the great angel, the most. He has a—he has Christmas named after him, you know, like Sangu- <laughs> Sanguinala, which is the Imperium quest, uh, Christmas now, is named after Sanguinius. I mean, there's the Jesus metaphors all over the place, as we as we know, but like he—he he is just. It's it, it's harder. It's hard to be a more popular guy in 40k than Sanguinius and unfortunately it is posthumous but um yeah i like all great artists yeah like yeah and or real jesus yeah i it just i <laughs> you could i cannot read enough sanguineous material that's 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 the thing i there's there's the i also i think it's a little bit unfair that 
um, the, sang- the 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 sons of Sanguinius, the Blood Angels, they they've never been written badly. They always seem to get all of the best books, and everything they do is brilliant. Like in uh, Master of Mankind, there's one Blood Angel, and he does possibly the most badass thing in the whole book, yeah. apart from <laughs> aside from the Emperor turning up and just being the Emperor. Um, but like, yeah, it's it, it's they always 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 get a good showing, which is which is. I think from that point on, it's hard to keep a hard to keep a, a red power armored marine down. I just I, yeah. I think everyone should be playing as blood angels, really. But then it would be really boring. <laughs> I think I think that other you know that 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 point about them being so important is is you know especially to people like Gilliman is because in theory, right on paper, they should be relatively easy to corrupt for the powers of chaos, right? And and obviously we know from the Horus Heresy they they do try and do that, you know they they try and. Um, you know, and that's that's the origins of, of some of what's happening to the Blood Angels. But it's the fact that they manage to not only live up to this ideal, but at the same time, they are constantly racked with this internal, you know, darkness, which can lead them to do some pretty bloody horrific things. And they have done it like, they're, you know, they, they, there are situations where they have lost, you know, as well as the, the, the Black Rage, um, which... I, shall I shall I just say what the Black Rage is now? Because yeah, I think it might we've spoken be, about yeah. it quite a bit. So 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 Blood Angels suffer from from. Well, actually, Josh, do you want to? You are the you are the 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 keeper of the litanies of the Blood Angels. Do you want to describe what what the Red Thirst and the Black Rage are? Yes, actually, Josh, to do go on better, can you act it out? <laughs> okay, Start smashing cabinets in the background. Um, I, I think just breaks all his models. Horus, no. <laughs> So I actually started this performance piece last night. You see, because uh, uh, the, the 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 black rage begins on the eve of battle. Um, no, let's. So, uh, okay. So at their at their they have what is a they have a hyperactive omniphagia, which is one of the uh, uh, space marine organs that um, each space marine is implanted with. Uh, and it is uh, it's enlarged and it is hyperactive and so what it what it allows them to do is that when space marines um eat the dead of their you know allies or their um uh adversaries uh it enables a space marine to see or gain the knowledge of the um uh, of of that person that they're eating so gain the knowledge uh, gain the kind of you can use it to gain a tactical advantage is is the idea behind it of that you know that a space marine would for example find a scout or a outrider of the opponent and they would you know kill them and then eat them a little bit to understand what the opponent's battle plan is that's the point of that um of that organ um now the blood angels have a slightly hyperactive version of this uh where it's it's quite vivid for them and they gain a lot more than other 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 uh, space marine chapters or legions um which is where they've developed a lot of kind of the blood drinking rituals and this that and the other as a consequence of this what has happened is that they are a much more kind of closely knit legion so there is there was for a long time a tradition of um effectively it, it appearing that blood angels are immortal and that they never die because they have the same legion master for a number of times even though that legion master is recorded as dying about five times it's he also seems to miraculously appear again and they're just like oh they're immortal so as a consequence of this they're very tied to each other and when they discover sanguinis they have an exceptionally close bond with him uh, more so than probably any other legion and so when sanguinis uh 
is unfortunately slain by Horus, this creates a massive psychic imprint across all of them uh, uh, that it just afflicts every blood angel, everything tied to uh, Sanguinius, that still lasts to this day. And what has eventually become the Black Rage, now the, the, the which is one half of the floor. The other half of the floor is the Red Thirst, and as I say, this is a consequence of that Space Marine organ that is hyperactive, mingling with the Blood Angels kind of gene seed, which makes them have this un, unquenchable thirst for destruction, rage, and basically drinking blood and eating people, which is, you know, pretty gross. Um, so what happens is, is that they are constantly wrestling with the red thirst and this desire to unleash, you know, unadulterated rage. Uh, and sometimes if they give in too much to this, they become afflicted with the black, uh, black rage. Now, the black rage is what happens where a blood angel effectively becomes non-lucid, uh, loses all lucidity, kind of starts to descend into madness and believes themselves to be either one of the space marines fighting in the hor horrific terrible battles of the uh, of the Horus heresy so they might believe themselves to be um you know about to you know fight at the uh the infinity gate during the siege of terror or they will more commonly believe themselves to be sanguinius himself as he prepares to battle Horus on the vengeful spirit at the at the high you know the apex of the battle and so this madness in them, they do not see that what what is actually going on around them. As far as they are concerned, they are about to fight Chaos Space Marines and Hor and Horus himself. And so, when this madness overcomes them, the Blood Angels they 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 hate this about themselves, but they feel like any warrior that this happens to deserves an honorable death so they've given everything and now they have one last thing to give so they are then inducted into the death company and the death company are a shock they are a shock troop unit that is not intended to live so the death company are all these people who believe themselves to be sanguineous fighting horus on the vengeful spirit they are put into a unit and just basically pointed at the enemy and sent and and as this happens, they kind of, because they believe themselves to be sanguineous, they fight faster, they feel stronger, they ignore wounds that would kill them normally. Um, they just become these utter berserkers that are unstoppable by anything in the galaxy. Does that sum it up? A bit. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. A bit. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah. Do you yeah, want me to go further? Because I can. <laughs> Well, I tell you what's interesting is because they are the only chapter I believe that has two major flaws in them. Is is that right? Am I saying saying that? Uh, sounds about right. I'm gonna go with it. So, but famously, lots of the uh, successes of the Blood Angels have dealt um, with the challenge of the Red Thirst in different ways to varying success. Rich, uh, sorry, I'd have mentioned the uh, the Flesh Terrors who didn't and just they go fucking crazy. Uh, Gabriel Seth is the arrow to is the bow to guide that arrow but um i don't know if anybody wanted to cover the other successes so we have um some quite prominent ones a lot of them feature uh, in blood of bar don't they rich in fact all of them do <laughs> yeah so uh, uh when uh bauer um and the the moons are attacked uh they uh the blood just put out like a cry for help kind of or uh to their successes and uh, quite a few of them answer answer the call 
so it's almost all of them. Almost all of them. There, there are some notable. I think it's technically a WhatsApp group chat. Also, yeah. <laughs> isn't there only? Really, there's oh. only one that doesn't. No, there's two that don't turn up. I can't remember the other one, but one of them is the Lamenters because they were just probably still being unlucky somewhere. They just Kate, the the fall yeah. of Cadia is going on at the time, so there are two that are at Cadia. I think. Yeah, and there's one that is uh, uh like t- yeah, so well, yeah. who, Adam was. T- I think we spoke about yesterday that there's a, there was a successor chapter that turned up, and then uh, Dante was like, "No, <laughs> go away." Is it the knights? Of, the knights of blood. They were excommunicated for being yeah. two blood angelsy. So uh, they're not yeah. sent away. They are sent to one of the moons where they, yeah. um, they basically rescued the flesh terrors of all people. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think there wasn't there another one that. No, I think I think it is the knights of blood. But the um, that, but that's yeah. a quite cool bit in the book where uh, Gabriel Seth and the chapter master of the knights of blood had like a a bit of a um, kind of like an agreement, like they actually saw eye to eye which is really weak is it but as soon as they all walked into the the, the, the big hall everybody's like oh <laughs> they're here yeah well so the knights of blood were excommunicated for just being two blood angels like their their imperial their mortal allies were so tired of basically the knights of blood killing all of the enemy and then killing all of them because they were crazed by the th- red thirst that they just went no you're no longer part of the imperium but the knights of blood didn't stop fighting for the imperium they didn't turn renegade they just they went off and did their own thing um so yeah when they turn up it's it, they are a they are a um they are a reminder to the blood angels of what they would be if they didn't have any self control which is why they're all kind of like oh these guys these guys suck <laughs> So the, the the well one of the other ones that doesn't turn up which is actually listed in the in the new supplement is the uh, the Atlantean spears yeah. Um, who I don't know if they've I don't know if they are referenced in in Devastation of Bar. I haven't seen them come up. I'm you know about halfway through the book. I haven't seen them come up so far. But they their sort of thing in the supplement says um, they ignored Dante's call for aid. For aid. The lodge the chapter's lodge librarius received his message, so they got the WhatsApp. Um, oh, they left a bit red. Yeah, but, but took took no action. Um, they 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 had the chat on mute. That's probably what it was. Um, so yeah, they they just didn't turn up basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm gu- I'm guessing, given their name, they only fight on water planets. Yeah, I mean, norm- yeah, oh, normally, not for me. normally there's like a, a brook or an inlet or a dock or a canal that they can fight around, you know, away from the ocean. But unfortunately, Baal is a desert. So uh, sometimes yeah, I, I, really... I love I love semantics. This paragraph, I've not read it as have uh, you just pointed out, Adam, but it, it, it basically means that if you're a Blood Angels fan, you guys hate these guys. It's just the way it's written, the semantics that it used to. It's just a, the Atlantean Spears ignored Dante's call for aid. Full stop. That's the end of the sentence. It's not like here's a reason why. It's uh, no, they ignored him. What? What? <laughs> Everybody, let's bask in the fact that the Atlantean Spears are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> they've got they've got quite a cool color scheme. That's the that's yeah. the sad thing about it. They're quite interesting. There's quite a cool, like, uh, quite a cool set of color schemes in there. Does someone yeah. actually want to touch on? The, the lamenters a little bit because I don't really know a lot <laughs> about the men. <laughs> what what about you made a comment earlier about the, them their their scheme, but also about how they're being unlucky. So someone educates me. Okay, so the lamenters are hilarious because they are they they basically claim that they have overcome the red thirst and the black rage, um, and nobody really quite knows how they've done that. 
but it seems that they have. But as a consequence of that, they have become the most unlucky chapter in the whole of the of the of the universe. They they so they basically are constantly in the wrong place at the wrong time. So like they they are in the badab the badab or however you're gonna say that the badab war, but they kind of they kind of show up and they kind of accidentally get caught in that and they're like oh, hang on, we're not really sure that we really want to be a part of this. And I believe it's the Minotaurs just almost destroy them because they're the closest ones to them. Similarly, every conflict they seem to be in, every major war they seem to be in, it's, it's, they almost become, they're, they're almost kind of the things of like, yes, this Lamentor Space Marine nearly killed the Bloodthirster if it wasn't for standing on that banana peel that had been left behind <laughs> by a Cadian commander or something. It's that kind of stuff all the time. They... they they, they they do hang on though for some reason but because of their because of their involvement in the Badab war and all this kind of stuff they were sent on a penitent crusade in the in the far reaches of the galaxy so they have been for a couple of thousand years trying to kind of make up for the fact that they were accidentally involved in a conflict they didn't really <laughs> want to be in which is I mean- which is brilliant to your, to your point about semantics, they, the opening sentence of the little paragraph on the Lamenters is brilliant because it just says, the Lamenters have had a tumultuous, often fraught history, which is a very, very British and understated way of saying exactly what Josh just said and that these guys are basically the equivalent of somebody who, like, you know, walks onto the battlefield and then a, and a random anvil just drops on their head for no reason and they're just like, oh, here we go again. They're, I mean, they're all... My favourite thing about them is that we, we talk about often about you know kind of you've got these established color schemes that you know are relatively easy to do and then there's more difficult ones out there and then there is there is ones where if you do that you hate yourself and so any kind of the quartered schemes if you can do it you are a hobby god and it looks amazing so i think there's the howling griffins aren't they they're a quartered scheme and i think brazen claws yeah. as well I think. Yeah, I think there's four. And then, of course, you have the Lamenters. And so the Lamenters are a yellow scheme, which in and of itself is a difficult scheme to paint, as we all know, because yellow historically is a quite crap paint to work with. But the Lamenters have this weird kind of pale yellow, which is even harder to do than like a vibrant, like Imperial Fist type yellow. But their chapter iconography is on their shoulder pad it's on a white and black checkered field with a white circle with a heart with a teardrop in it it is apps if you can if you are painting lamenters out there you are a better blood angel than any of the rest of us because it's absolutely insane as a scheme i honestly it's just such a hard thing to do i i truly respect anyone who decides to do lamenters what I, what I like about their scheme as well is if you, cause, you know for, for people who who are getting the book or have got the book if you have a look at the big successor chapter page which is what we're looking at now in the supplement so pages 30 and 31 um the funniest thing is they they clearly on all the other successor chapters the um skull and wings on the chest are a different color so they've you know as normal they're like metallics or something but then when they got to the lamenters do you reckon they just because there's there's just yellow like the rest of their armor so do we think they when they were designing this scheme they were like Oh god, people are gonna have a hard enough time on the shoulder pad. Let's just let them get away with a completely yellow mono monocolor chest. Oh, what I think it was is that when someone was designing the uh, Lamenters color scheme, is they were painting it and they were like, right, and now we need to now we need to do the the you know the the metals. We need to do the chest aquila, and then they were looking around and every single pot of paint that they picked up that was a metallic exploded in their hand. 
<laughs> except for the gold and they were like wow that's that's really unlikely and unlucky that that happened well it looks like we're just gonna have to paint yellow armor with gold aquilas <laughs> but i mean my only my only issue with this scheme apart from obviously the 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 incredibly difficult checkerboard field and, and logo which you've described josh is the fact that they've given in the picture here obviously as you say there's quite a vibrant yellow on the armor and they've given him a, a sort of you know green knee pad so Absent the shoulder pad, he does look a bit like a walking advert for Chiquita Banana. <laughs> and he's got pink and pink eyes. <laughs> which, is, which is just a bit odd. He's the only one I... on that page who's got pink eyes. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do have pink eye lenses. That's quite I do. Wa- I do wonder whether their unluckiness just comes from Astarath the Grim. Because I imagine he turns up and then he's got, like, no one to kill. And he's just like, what the fuck? I came all this way. No one to murder. So he just, like, sabotages them at small points. <laughs> <laughs> just... Shoots us one and yeets them. Who left the petrol caps off the rhinos again? Oh, it was a- oh, Astaroth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's why they didn't turn up for the devastation of Bal. They probably just like missed the bus or something. There was like a rail replacement. Site, <laughs> so they, just, they just couldn't get on. They were like, oh well, how do we get to how do we get to Bal? We can't. We can't go. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to message Dante and let him know. I, I I think they probably turn up. They'll turn up in like the forty third millennium when it's all been dealt with. Because guys, we got your message. What's going on? Like, we've, <laughs> we've dealt with it. We've dealt with it. Yeah. What do you mean you dealt with it? Like like George Bush in Vietnam, just turning up like four years late. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we actually talk a lot about you know things that are efficient in lists and. You know, yeah, ways to be a bit more competitive at times. I think we all enjoy that side of the game. But I think now that we've got three super narratively focused players, I think that's a really interesting avenue to go down, guys. So how do you think you should build a really narratively focused Blood Angels list? Because me and Adam and Rich have spoken before about the difficulties we've noticed some people face when it comes to building narrative lists. And they happen to just throw in the obvious spice here. Yeah, here and there. Yeah, what do you think your focus should be? I, I will oh. say, okay, so I know exactly how you do this. What you do for the Blood Angels is you build your army, right? You build it with the max sized units or your multiple small units, however you want. But you build up your army to whatever size you're going to do, 2,000 points. And then what you do across the army is you slowly subtract models from each unit to put into your death company. So the example I always give is if you've got like three battle line, right? So you've got three in a battalion. You've got three, uh, what do you call them? Uh, three units of 10 intercessors, for example. What you then do is you go, right, well, I'm going to make one of these units a unit of eight. I'm going to make another one of these units a unit of nine. And I'm going to make this other unit a unit of seven. You then take the three, the one, and the two from those units and you put them into a unit of six death company. You then do this across the rest of your force as well. You might even, if you wish to, do rolling per per unit to see if any of them fall. That is the size of your death company. And that is a, a brilliant narrative spin you can put on it. Because if you're having death company in a narrative force, if you're having death company, you arguably, unless you're going to say that an entire squad fell... Which is fine. You absolutely can do that. But um, if you're if you've got Death Company as part of your list, it, they should be drawn from the other units that you've got in the army. So that is one easy narrative thing you can do for your Blood Angels. The other thing you should do is, where possible, you should strap jump jump packs to everything. <laughs> you absolutely should. Yeah, there is actually there's a 30k 
Blood Angels Dreadnought with jump packs, isn't it? I don't know the name, but the Contemptor Incandius. Yes, that's awesome. The other thing you, you should do is not take thirty Sanguinary Guard because, in true story, there aren't thirty Sanguinary. There guard. are twenty-five. So, <laughs> yeah, Correct, so yeah. when people do that in tournaments, I honestly think they should be disqualified. Yes, because that's the, just heinous. I was, was going to say on on the on that that narrative Death Company that I think then Josh, you will know this better than I do, but I'm fairly sure that was a rule like back yeah. in third edition that you you rolled before the game and then that determined how big your Death Company was. Yeah, no, that is exactly. What used to happen and also i mean it's in here in the crusade rules there's a version of that yeah yeah let's let's move on to crusade then because i think there's some cool stuff there for blood angels isn't there but i wasn't done with narrative yeah. lists <laughs> he forgot to mention to have i was trying to get host <laughs> mentioned that uh, having like 12 uh, repulse executioners how is that uh, what <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking the piss <laughs> i know that yeah, but so from a vehicle perspective there is a really cool fluffy formation i believe it's called a death storm formation and it's a blood angel specific thing and what you do is is it's designed to deal with hordes uh and it's, it is a, as a kind of a reaction to things like the high fleets and all this kind of thing and what it is and this is so good i just i love it and i think you can definitely do a primaris version of it but what you can do is, is you take a land raider crusader and you take three bile predators with assault cannons and heavy bolters, and that is the formation. That is really fluffy. It's used by the Blood Angels all the time. If you want to take tanks, use that formation because it's so so good. That's so a lot your, of your primary your primary equivalent of that is a is a is a repulsor executioner being your land raider. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and then the uh, the three uh, what are they called gladiator the gladi reapers. Yeah, gladiator reaper tanks, which are yeah. the nuevo predator basically. Yeah. For sure. That's well, a lot of firepower. <laughs> there's, there's my birthday idea. No. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, hopefully I won't incite the Black Rage this time. But yeah, let's move, let's move <laughs> on to Crusade. Uh, so, no! Blood Angels, we've seen this in all, all, the codex, all the codexes and supplements so far, where you get your own Crusade rules, and the Blood Angels are probably my favourite so far. So what kind of things do Blood Angels get to do if you take the same... Blood Angels force out every time you go on Crusade, guys. You get the angel's wing back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is true. I mean, I guess, I guess the the headline the headline here is that, like, you know, as as Sandman says, the Crusade rules have been popping up in every book, and they they are, you know, reasonably thematic. But the Blood Angels one is um, to use something I said on the previous one, spicy, because it just gives you a lot of very very good options, which still fall into that that like fluffy narrative. Um, so if, if you're looking at your, your books, by the way, people, listeners at home uh, who are looking at this, uh, these are pages 54 through 61 of the book. Um, it's all of the uh, all of the um, crusade rules. So, I mean, do we want to maybe talk about the, 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 the Black Rage, the floor mechanic? Because we've sort of yes. already touched on that a little bit. And I know Warpster is, is quite literally putting his power armor on and revving his chainsword so <laughs> what you, you lead with that you lead with that <laughs> ring 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 um yes um okay so in crusade there is as i said as we've said you can you can you can use the floor as quite a central theme to your your crusade force if you wish so what you can do is you can take an agenda of um you know well you do have many agendas but you have for example um an honorable death in battle 
Uh, when you select this agenda, select one death company unit from your army, excluding named characters. If that death company unit is destroyed during the battle, you can remove that unit from your order of battle. If you do, each other Blood Angels unit from your army gains one experience point and you gain one additional requisition point, which is really great for progression, right? Um, if that death company unit is not destroyed during the battle and your Crusade army does not include an Astarath model, you do not gain the one requisition point after that battle has been completed. Because, you know, they don't get killed by Astarath, which is what his job is as the high chaplain, is to go and kind of clean up those death companies by mistake. But then what you have is you have the floor, and you've got some great rules for this. After each battle, you must take a black rage test for every unit from your army. To do so, roll 1d6 and compare the results of that unit's enemy units destroyed with melee weapons during this battle tally box, which really rolls off the tongue as a as a thing to be recording throughout your throughout your crusade campaign. Um, we'll just we'll just call it the smashy killy box. Yeah, that's easier. If the total result is equal to or less than the tally, the black rage test is failed, and that unit gains one floor point. Each time a unit gains its third floor point, you must immediately roll 3d6. If the result is less than that unit's leadership characteristic, then that unit has kept control and its floor points are reduced by one. If the result equals or exceeds that unit's leadership characteristic, then a battle brother in that unit succumbs to the black rage. If a captain or lieutenant unit succumbs to the black um, uh, black rage, you must either remove that unit from your order of battle or immediately use the descent into ma a madness requisition on the model. If you do so, if you do, it costs you zero requ requisition points. If any other character, excluding Dreadnought units, succumbs to the Black Rage, remove that unit from your order of battle. If you wish, you can replace it with a Death Company Lieutenant unit from the same chapter, but only if doing so would not cause your total power level to exceed your Crusade Forces supply limit. The new Lieutenant unit must have the Primaris keyword if the unit is replaced had the Primaris keyword, otherwise the new unit must not have the Primaris keyword. The new lieutenant unit used starts with the same number of experience points as the unit it replaced and it gains the appropriate number of battle honours for its rank. If a dreadnought's unit succumbs to the black rage, remove that unit from your order of battle. If you wish, you can replace it with a death company dreadnought unit from the same chapter. The unit starts with the same blah 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 blah. If any other unit succumbs to the black rage, that unit immediately suffers a devastating blow result as described in the Warhammer 40,000 uh, core book. So, yeah, so there's a really sweet mechanic for creating death company units as your army progresses through your uh, camp, through your crusade. Um, the requisition that was mentioned there, the Descent into Madness, purchase this requisition at any time, select one Blood Angels captain or Blood Angels lieutenant model from your order battle that has two or more floor points. Um, that model is inducted into the death company as described on page 47. Make a note on that unit's crusade card and increase its power rating accordingly. You cannot purchase this requisition if doing so would cause your power level to exceed your crusade's force supply limit. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So it, it, it is, uh, as you progress through, it's your force kind of just falling to the black rage. And it's just, it's just, it's so brilliant. Yeah, I really like the one that's um, search for the cure. So it's keep a, a search a, a search for a cure tally for each Blood Angels Apothecary unit in your army. Uh, so, but basically, it's just it's, as like an uh, an action you perform during the, the the game. Your apothecaries are looking for a way to the cure the the Black Rage or the Red first, and it's really it's really quite cool. Nice. 
Some really, really cool stuff there, guys. So let's move on to the main section then of the Blood Angels rules. The narrative. So, no, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we, we, I think we've got a hefty chunk there. But let's, yeah, let's move on to the specific rules then. So for people that have never played Blood Angels, what, uh, what, what do they get? What's their chapter tactic? What's their sept tenet? What is their, <laughs> their sept what is their holy order? <laughs> their high fleet uh, ability. No, so they, they, they get, um, as we've already talked about so far, they, they get the red thirst. So that is their chapter tactic. Um, so that basically gives you um, pl plus one to your uh, move and your advance. And it also gives you um, plus one to wound when you attack with a melee weapon. So it's a, it's a very, very powerful um, uh, chapter tactic, I think, in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, because obviously pl plus one to wound is, is just very good whenever you get it. And given that the Blood Angels are focused on getting up close and whacking people with chainsaws rather than engaging from a distance, um, it, it just makes them, it makes them that much more dangerous. And there's just thinking about other armies there there are a few ways of countering that you know where you know i mean the, the obvious one being something like transhuman physiology for for space marines <laughs> yeah but obviously the blood angels <laughs> get that as well right so so i mean that, that's that's just one important thing i think to highlight before we go through the rules as a whole this supplement and one thing i've, I've seen um sorry to do one of my characteristic rants right but one of the things i've seen on the internet was when this got published as as when these books always get published there was inevitably somebody who was uh going you know this makes my blood angels army completely unusable because you know stratagems have rich, changed that was our word mate <laughs> yeah <laughs> rich, rich commenting as the angry underscore blood angel on reddit no um but the you know these people commenting and saying because basically we'll get into this but certain stratagems have changed certain relics have changed and you can't do some things that you used to be able to do in 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 the old um you know the old codex the eighth edition uh era sort of before the index and this supplement and say oh it's completely unusable it's rubbish they're gonna you know blood names are no good <laughs> yes fine things have changed which again we'll cover but you also have access to the whole of the space marine codex which you yeah. didn't have before all of the warlord traits mm. all of the stratagems all of the units yes. and the blood angels yes exactly yes! No reason to be excited the blood angels don't suffer from restrictions so if you have a look at the space marine codex one of the things that you will see in here is it says if you are a uh, a dark angel or if you are a space wolf there are a black templar there are certain units you cannot take which is fluffy and goes along with it the blood angels don't really have that what they do have is they have a change to the way their apothecaries work which actually makes them in some well in a lot of ways better but again we'll, we'll get into that in, in a minute so as i say they have the red thirst that is their chapter tactic which is really bloody cool um and they also um the the detachment ability you get when you get a um when you have a, a blood angels army is you have savage echoes and what savage echoes does is it says when the assault doctrine is active so nominally from turn three onwards although there are ways to modify that which we'll get into um each time the unit fights that has uh, savage echoes uh, if it made a charge move was charged or performed a heroic intervention in this turn then until that fight is resolved add one to the attacks characteristic of the models of models in this unit so not only yeah. are you getting plus one to wound not only are you getting plus one to your advance and your charges on quite a lot of your units you're also getting plus one attack if you're in the assault doctrine so again yeah. really leaning into that smash face you know kind of style of the blood angels 
I think I think it is important to yeah just point out a couple of things that are, yeah Adam said they're really big. So like Adam says with the plus one to wound, the reason that's so big is because the number of things to modify wound rolls in the game is very very slim. Yeah, like transhuman is a very rare case of that, and there's like very very few things that are minus to wound, unlike minuses to hit, and that's a, a big difference between space wolves and blood angels. And it's actually really really key because generally speaking, getting plus one to your attack mathematically should be better because you're affecting you're affecting more dice rolls. But yeah, because there's just so many modifiers that and. Uh, space wolves themselves have chapter master right so it kind of comes out in the wash in a big way well also i also just thought it'd be just worth mentioning the flesh terrors because they do get their own chapter tactic um, and it kind of the reason it's uh, really interesting is because it kind of highlights how powerful blood angels are so blood angels have plus one to advance and charge and that is huge so there are lots and lots of um, assault-focused armies in the game, but they all face the same problem, which is how do they make combat? You know, making a nine on two dice is like just over 50. When you go to like a, an eight, it's like um, high 60s, right? It's a hu It makes a huge difference mathematically of you making that charge. And that's a massive, massive deal. And even just the extra two advance is really neat at times. So Blood Angels very quickly become the... Like, yeah, premier melee faction. The other thing I just wanted to mention, actually, in, in terms of what Adam was saying about people do get very upset with books like this, and it does astound me because you get so many lateral moves. And my favorite example of this is Ninth Edition, um, because a very, very similar thing happened. And you'll be able to find these comments if you type them into Facebook or Reddit, whatever. The amount of people proclaiming combat was going to be dead in Ninth Edition was huge. There were thousands upon thousands of people saying combat is just no longer a thing. It's not a thing in Ninth Edition. You will never see anybody do combat. And as we all know now, the majority of good factions are combat favorites. Yes. The majority of them. Yeah. Yes. So it's, uh, yeah, please, when, when you get, like, it does astound me because the Blood Angels, as we're going to discuss, have had a bunch of changes and they've lost a couple of things, but they've gained some ridiculous things. Yeah. And yeah, the, yeah. Fact, the, fact, the fact that you could look at that as just an overall loss is, is astounding to me. Really astounding. The fact that we get everything in the Space Marine book means that Blood Angels now get Centurion Assault Squads, which now means that they get the Strength 5 cent Assault Centurions with the Siege Drills, which are times 2 Strength, minus 4, damage 3. And the best thing about this is because of the plus 1 to wound, it's one of the few ways that you can get Strength 10 in combat now, because the Sanguinary Priest has changed from what he was in 8th edition, where he gave plus 1 Strength to everyone within 6 inches. That's no longer a thing. But the fact that you can now get strength 10 um, uh, siege drills with Centurion Assault Squads and then with Savage, uh, with um, the Red Thirst giving you plus one to wound in combat, it means you can wound Imperial Knights on twos, which is great. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's very cool, but it does. The image of that is just quite funny in my head, right? This kind of gigantic you know, machine construct striding into battle. And then this, you know, still quite big little bunch of uh, centurions wander up to it, just sort of hit it in the shins with drills. And it's just like, ow, stop it. Ow, ow. But like Dreadnoughts as well. Dreadnoughts as well. Uh, so like the yeah. Redemptor wounding an Imperial Knight on twos. Like anything that is toughness nine, and there's not much in the game that is toughness nine aside from Titans. But anything toughness nine below, you're wounding it on twos, which is really, really, really strong. Um, so yeah, it's it's I, I I've I've wanted Blood Angel Centurions for ages just because I think, particularly the Siege ones, I think that's a very very blood angels thing to have well you can you can tool up a smash captain to start wo uh, wounding stuff on uh uh titans on yeah. twos also chaos knights can be toughness nine 
That's quite fun. Yeah. You never see them because they're rubbish. I think I think it's worth also, you know, as, as Simon says, just touching quickly on on the flesh terrors, because um, obviously they're, again they're in this book and they are a sort of defined successor chapter. Oh so yeah, I didn't actually say what it was. So their one is their one is is fury within. Um, so this is their equivalent of of you know the red thirst. Um, so this is uh, each time a model with the tactic makes a melee attack, um, if it made a charge move, was charged or performed a heroic intervention. And then add one to the wound roll um so again very basically the same as part of the red thirst and then on a mod unmodified wound roll of a six improve the armor penetration characteristic of that attack by one and uh, this is cumulative with the bonus you get from assault doctrine because obviously in assault doctrine you get an additional ap on your on your so weapons. minus five so, power swords yeah exactly so uh, i i it, it's it's good it's very good uh but i think the plus one as as salmon says about you know sort armies is getting into combat is what you want to do there are lots of other ways you can get additional ap's and, and things like that so i i do wonder if you know unless you're unless you really want to take gabriel seth because he's a very cool character and to be fair as we'll get to some of the the um relics that the flesh terrors can take are really good um i mean blood angels Actually, very I, well. I, I have an answer for this oh go on go on because we've discussed it before so i'm not i'm not jumping ahead i'm jumping back no, no, you're right. so before one of the key things the space marines got well sorry a key thing that space marines got in the in their book was that they can activate litanies at any point and the chaplain litany is uh for um i think exaltation is whatever rage is the name is plus two to charge now this is actually quite a rare ability and it doesn't stack with anything which means it doesn't stack with with blood angels and the thing is if you're going to go blood angels there is an argument to um a take drop pods and b take the chaplain so you get that super reliable charge a seven on two dice re-rolling is actually you know push you in a good spot and so it actually doesn't stack and if you're going to do that then you take the drop pods you take gabriel seth and you take the chaplain and so yeah that chaplain for me has made flesh terrors way better um and that is that is my plan for flesh terrors list and yeah 2025 you'll see that yeah, yeah i mean, <laughs> I mean they, 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 as i say there are they're always doing it i just think i i think overall as an because obviously the, the the one thing i think to point out is that the 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 which game we will get to i'm saying this a lot because there's a lot to cover in this book but the hq slot for blood angels and blood angels successor chapters is actually quite contested so one of the things you we see in armies when you're doing your army building is that like we all know the elite slot is is with the way ninth edition works is very contested and it's the same for the blood angels but actually their hq slots as well just because of some of the unique stuff they can get are quite contested so the fact i mean i'm not saying it's a bad idea to bring a chaplain of course it isn't chaplains are very very good and the fact you can give them again thinking about access to the space marine codex you can give them master of sanctity you know chaplain on a bike rolling around just doing loads of damage but um do you you know there are other ways of doing that build which if you're doing a blood angels army you might want to consider so it's definitely a viable option uh, but i wonder if the plus one assault plus one sorry plus one advance plus one charge as a baseline across the army is just it, I, I just really love yeah, it. it it is amazing I, the thing is i actually think it's really important though because like it was it did suck to be flesh terrorist before yes before yeah, that yeah. chapter thing came out because it was just like like you say, Adam, it was just like, oh yeah, you can be Blood Angels, or you can be this exact worse version of Blood Angels. So um, yeah, it is nice. Just to touch on the chaplain as well, my favourite thing is that if you uh, take Lamartes, for example, who is the Guardian of the Lost, he is a Death Company chaplain. He is a chaplain that has fallen to the Black Rage, but has got such a steel will that he's just like living with it. He is kept on stasis most of the time, but he is sort of he's still going 
But he can also do chaplain litanies, but they only affect Death Company. So you can. So a viable build is a still again that to, that plus two inch um, charge uh, for your Blood Angels Death Company, and you just you deep strike them in, giving you a seven inch charge. And he still lets them re-roll yeah. charges as well, which he is, which is, which awesome. is re- oh, he does still do does that. Still, oh, yeah. I thought he lost that. That's yeah. awesome. So you, oh, you're, okay. you're basically choosing in that point. You're base. You're choosing between um, re-roll hits, or re-roll, or or um, the plus two inch to your charge aura. So, arguably, that if you're going to deep strike Death Company, and I've written many treatises about how you don't shouldn't de- uh, deep strike your death company because forlorn fury, which is a stratagem which we will get to a little bit later, is much better for death company. But um, unfortunately, that strategy has now changed because of the change to another stratagem, which is upon wings of fire. Anyway, um, uh, you if you if you're going to deep strike them, the argument is is that you use in the first turn once they've arrived, you use the plus two inch to make sure they get there because realistically re- you've got so many boatloads of attacks that you don't really need to re-roll hits you are going to hit a lot anyway um so yeah uh yeah just <laughs> yeah I, I i the other there's a lot that you can do yeah um i mean should we i mean should we just run through and i will say this now that the codex is in a bit of a weird or well it's not a weird order it's just the way that gw is publishing these or the supplements sorry is in a bit of a weird order um but we we're on again readers if you're following along at home we are on page 47 and 46 and 47 um, for the attachment abilities where we're talking about savage echoes so should we just touch quickly on secondary objectives as we're on that page yeah let's touch the secondary objectives yeah cool touching them yeah, so so Rich is Rich is grasping them firmly in his hands. Um, so there there are three secondary objectives that you can take. Um, so there's purge the enemy, uh, blade of sanguine. So the, the categories purge the enemy, no mercy, no respite, and battlefield supremacy. And you can pick one of these as your secondary if you're a blood angels army. Um, the purge the enemy one is blade of sanguineus. Um, so which cool. Is yeah, is very thematic, right? So what you do here is you pick a blood angels character. And he issues or issue a challenge, and uh, your opponent has to select a character um, that can accept the challenge. Um, and you know, if they don't have a character model, it says you can select another warlord. But I'm not quite. I, I imagine you know, normally would be a character. It's a bit of a weird bit of language there. But basically, uh, you score five victory points at the end of the battle for each of the following conditions that have been satisfied with this challenge. So one, the model that accepted the challenge was destroyed. Just full stop. Two, the model that accepted the challenge was destroyed by a melee attack, which if you're a Blood Angel, you'd kind of hope is likely, unless they've suddenly transformed into a shooting army and you're running them wrong. And three, uh, the model that accepted the challenge was destroyed by a melee attack by the model that made the challenge. So if you have yourself a Blood Angel Smash Captain and he goes, Oi, you, you know, they pick a character, you go in and you get them. It is very fluffy, it's very thematic, it's very cool. The only issue with this from a competitive standpoint is it gives your opponent a bit a bit too much control, I would argue. Yeah. Because they select the character that you that, that it's basically accepts the challenge. So if you're like an Imperial Guard player, right, who has lots of little commissars and, you know, psycho characters and stuff running around, the way you would react to this, I would imagine, is you go well, he's, he's got like three, four wounds, so I, I'm going to get smashed if this, you know, Blood Angels captain turns up and destroys me. 
cool, I'll pay the CP, I'll stick him in strategic reserve, I'll keep him off the board for as long as I humanly can, right? And that way, instantly, your secondary objective, you're not going to get the points. And then when he does come on the ball, because he will have to, you just keep him away from the Blood Angels as much as you can. So there yeah. are, there's, there's, there's a bit too much control given to your opponent on this one. Um, but it is, it is cool, you know, and look, in a, in a, in, again, in kind of a more narrative game, um, I would say take this one because it's just hilarious. And if your opponent is a brave, brave person, they will, they will stand up and go, I'm going to put this on my warlord. He's going to accept your challenge. We shall meet in or glorious combat. <laughs> yeah, or an idiot. I mean, whatever way you want to play it. I was trying to be nice, Ed. <laughs> I really, really like Fury of the Lost because as somebody who historically uses 30 to 45 death company in their army uh score three victory points at the end of your turn if one or more enemy units have been destroyed by a death company unit from your army this turn yeah it's it's just if you have death company it's just very good (laughs) that's what they're you know they're they're meant to be slingshotted up the board and and go and smash people and that will Um, that will also include uh a captain that you've given death company to yeah, so back in Dreadnought, Death Company Dreadnought would be quite yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, so back in Eighth Edition, quite frequently, what I would do is I would use um, uh, my Death Company captain to um, take out flyers, and there is a brilliant battle I fought once where, in one turn of combat, my Death Company captain managed to take out three um, uh, Crimson Hunter Exarchs in one round of combat. <laughs> Oh, I bet I, I bet the old R player was not, was happy, not happy. No, uh, Rich Resi, do you want to cover death from above? Yeah, sure. So uh, you can score two victory points at the end of your turn if an enemy unit, uh, if any, any sorry, if any enemy units uh, were destroyed by a Blood Angels unit from your army that was set up on a battlefield in the uh, reinforcement step of any of your movement phases. If any of those enemy units were characters, you score three victory points instead, which again. Uh, works right sanguinary guard generally if you play them uh they come in from deep strike coming from uh, and then they come in and smash face the same if you want to start running some terminators as well really good yeah i mean arguably this one stops scoring after turn three because any units that arrive um after that well that haven't been deployed by then don't count well they count as slain however there is a stratagem in the book that allows you to do a redeploy yeah. via deep strike which means you can still do it up to turn five if you've still got but the way it points. is worded doesn't say so it says um units from your army that was, was set up on a battlefield in the reinforcer step of any of your movement phases yeah. so in turn four oh i suppose actually three, probably could still scored as the points right i suppose yeah now you're right yeah i think it's the so, way it's worded and i think i think the final one to, to cover quickly on the battlefield supremacy is probably the auto take i think if you're a blood angels player um guys would you would you agree so this is 100 percent. yeah so this is this is called (laughs) relentless assault yeah yeah that that laughter from 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 josh pretty much indicates when you read this as a blood angels player you're like right okay then so this this one is score four victory points at the end of your turn if there are more Blood Angels units from your army in the enemy deployment zone than there are enemy unit than there are enemy units in your deployment zone. So not only is this quite easy to get from fairly early on, I mean if you're using there are strats where you can sort of get a pre-game move for the Death Company. Um, and obviously Blood Angels units are just fast. And also again, depending on which deployment map you're using, right? So you, you might have one where the deployment zones are actually, you know, fairly easy to sort of hop from one to the other um yeah you you can just go in and even if you've got one guy in their deployment zone and they've got nobody in yours boom 
have four points. The, the, this is this is so easy to match. The, o- the only area. armies I see that being difficult to achieve against is um, Eldari ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they if they if they're super mobile, but uh, again, I think. If you've got, because you're going to have some backfield units that might not be in your deployment zone, but should be sort of holding objectives and things, as well as your sort of stuff going forward, I think you can still probably tie up, um, you know, maybe not Harlequins because they have that sort of fall fall out of combat and still do a lot of things ability, but um, even Drakari and Eldar, you can probably sort of tie them up and stop them getting to where they want to. Because even if they come forward, if they've got, like, um, not line breaker, engage on all fronts, which is a, you know, general secondary objective, you you can kind of hold them hold them up whilst you're just getting... And also, the fact that you're probably going to be in their deployment zone smashing stuff to bits, it's going to lead to your opponent going, I should probably deal with that, rather than rather than rushing forward themselves. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's, there's issues with it. But on a first read, this looks amazing. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so let's um, let's go back down the context of the tents page then. The contents page. There we go. And uh, yeah, let's look at relics then, guys. So uh, how how are we doing in terms of relics now? Well, it's a, there's a couple of cool combos in there. <laughs> yeah, there. So the relics have changed. So b- before there wasn't really there wasn't really in in so in the eighth edition, but there wasn't really a bad relic. There was just one that was a clear standout that. Uh, well, there was two that were clear standouts, really. But the one that I always... You would you would basically, as a Blanish player, you would pay the CP to take both these relics. So one is the Angel's Wing in 8th edition, which allowed a jump pack character to uh, ignore Overwatch and re-roll charges. Which just... Either one of those abilities is really useful. Having both on one relic is just it's just far too much. The uh, the other relic that everybody always used to take, particularly with the Sanguinary Guard build, was uh, the Banner Relic, which I am forgetting the name of now. It's completely gone out of my head. Who knows it off the top of their head? What was it called? Standard of Sacrifice. Standard of Sacrifice. Yeah. So Standard of Sacrifice. Standard of five yeah. up fill no pain. Yeah. So it was a it was a five up fill no pain to everyone within six inches of the banner. So you took it on the Sanguinary Ancient. And it was actually isn't it called, isn't it called the Pennant of Remembrance? <laughs> oh no, that, wait, is, what, that the, is what it is now called now. See yourself out. <laughs> but um, it was it was stolen by the uh, stolen by the Deathwing. Indeed, it was. <laughs> um, but so yeah, so those were the absolute auto takes in the previous round. Now looking at these uh, relics. I would say that, I mean, so there's less relics now in terms of Blood Angel specific ones. You've got one, two, three, four, five, and I think there were like six or seven. So they've lost things like, they've lost the Angel's Wing, that's moved into Crusade. The Standard of Sacrifice is gone, and the, um, uh, the, um, what am I trying to say? Um, the Veritas the Veritas V. Veritas, Veritas Vitae, Vitae oh, yeah, 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 has gone, also yeah. gone. And the Veritas Vitae yeah. was a command point farming um, yeah. thing that the Blood Angels used to have. You, you, you check the blood, you verify it, you verify the Vitae, and then you fish a command point out yeah. of it. That's, that's how exactly. it works. However, For me, there are, like there are three that really stand out. I, I, I'd be interested to see what you think, because I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty certain we'll agree. Um, there is yeah. an absolute standout relic out of all of these that... Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's the sword, isn't it? It's the sword. <laughs> it is the adamantine <laughs> mantle. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it looks great above a fireplace. The it is Galleon's staff. No, no, no. no. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, the, I mean, uh, I think, go on, uh, 
for him. So you, you... visage of death. I, yeah. I, I, sorry, yeah. I, I jumped the gun. <laughs> oh, terrible. Yeah, the 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 visage, the visage, whatever, however you want to say it, of death. Um, just pour your visage all over us, there, Rich. That's, oh, that's, that's rude. Well, God, do you want to? Do you want to? I came early. Do you want to describe it? It's um. <laughs> <laughs> so off the nose. This is a family-friendly yeah. show. Yeah, welcome, welcome you know. to our not <laughs> podcast. So the quizzically crafted mask is a thing of dark beauty to the blood angels and a sign of impending doom to their enemies oh my god um basically it does capitalize those letters as well as you read it so you have to read it like yes, Richard yeah. did. <laughs> so basically each time a melee attack is made against this unit subtract one from the attacks uh hit roll that's kind of good it's all right yeah it's okay yeah, yeah. but then the bearers gain the following <laughs> ability visage of death aura while an enemy unit is within inches of this model, it loses the objective secured ability and any similar abilities that allow it to control an objective marker, regardless of the number of enemy models within range of that objective marker. Boom! Boom! Oh, yes. I mean, oh, yeah, is I mean, what this, what this presents the opportunity for is for your your Blood Angels, you know, jetpack wielding, uh, um, you know, captain or, or whoever you've given the relic to to pop up. In a, in, among an enemy that's got an objective and just like Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars just go hello there and just turn <laughs> off objective secured and when they sit there and go oh yeah I've got my five points for that um, that uh, holding that objective you go no you don't yeah. I, combine it with rights of I think war. it's also worth pointing out there's a warlord trait that gives yeah, you objective yeah, yeah, yeah. secured so combine too. that yes. with the warlord trait yeah. rights of war you're a la- you are laughing yes so you, you not only can take it away you can steal it from them very nice. And it removes all obsecs. So, yes. like what we've seen so far, this is the first example of this in the game, um, outside of Black Legion, who do have a strat, but like the first one that's made it commonplace ever. And the reason, it, yeah, it's so big is because we've seen a bunch of things that people are going to take because they're so good. They're basically auto takes, and they count you as double obsec. Yeah. Now that's that's ridiculously good. However, this is like nope, hey, but it's all mine. I don't think- My objective. I yeah. want it. I mean, the, ne- the Necron, the Necron, um, you know, one of the when again, good example is this code has come out. It's interesting to see how it's. There's, there's like five ways to get it in Space Marines, and they're all oh, yeah, so, yeah, like yeah, I say, they're all so good. The they're basically auto takes, and as space as a blood angel player, you're just gonna be like, no, you yeah. don't get it. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. other one, I, it's a really tough uh, thing to decide, and I think again, you're gonna be spending CP to take all of them. The only one that you might not is if you don't take a sanguinary ancient because you're salty about him being 125 points. <laughs> But yeah. the sanguine, the Wrath of Baal, which I was saying the other day to you guys, actually in the WhatsApp group, I had started using the Wrath of Baal instead of the um, the Standard of Sacrifice because I used Death Company. The Standard of Sacrifice didn't work with Death Company. Um, the Wrath of Baal is you add two inches to that unit uh, to any units within six inches move characteristic until the end of the phase. So would, would that interestingly stack with Fuel on Fury? Boom. Uh, no, I believe Fallen Fury categorically states that it can be up to yeah. twelve oh, inches. It's up to twelve. Yeah, it would. It would be good. It would be good on on a, a Death Company intercessor unit that because um, you, you then you get a eight pack, inch. Yeah. Uh, they don't oh. have a jump pack. But so if you're if, oh yeah, sorry, if you're sorry, running sorry, an army sorry. that has a bunch of Vanguard veterans or you don't want a deep strike, which I frequently don't, and with the amount of uh, terrain that is now recommended to be played on on tables. And especially line of sight obs- uh, ob- obscuring terrain. You don't need to put your entire Blood Angels uh, jump pack units in the in the in deep strike, but having the Wrath of Bar with everything within two uh, two inches uh, six inches of it getting two inches to its extra movement plus one to its advance rolls, you have Vanguard veterans, for example, that will now move fourteen inches and then 
possibly an extra seven on top. So you have Vanguard veterans that in near this model or Sanguinary Guard even or Death Company with jump packs that can move potentially twenty one inches, in which is which is which is obscene. The other one is the icon of the angel, which is um, yeah. within six inches of this model. You can reroll charge rolls made for that unit. Boom. It's awesome. This is really yeah. good. I mean, I've got to admit, like I, I also, Lovely I stuff. do, I do like again for 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 your run forward smashy facey captain um the hammer of ball is just quite yeah, cool awesome. um so the hammer of ball is a, is a thunder hammer basically um that has you know times two strength ap3 uh and and uh three damage, damage. Yeah. yeah so it's, it actually says underneath an eighth edition thunder hammer that's, that's what it's <laughs> but saying. also interesting you don't miss suffer the penalty for hitting as well yes yeah, yeah so it's a well balanced thunder hammer yeah it's it's just yeah particularly well made um which makes it quite good as all things should be I mean, you are, you are, you listeners obviously can't see this, but you are, you do look, you are wearing a hoodie, you do look quite menacing, Sandman, so you have got a kind of air yeah. of Thanos about you. Well, as the only Dark Angel here, I wanted to differentiate myself. <laughs> um, I mean, while we're, while we're here, should we have a quick look at the special issue war gear? Um, be, be... Yeah, and also I, th- I think it's worth, because I know you guys have been talking about a lot off stream, um, the the, st- uh, the way you can use the Space Marine relics um, as well. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, not all of them, but like there's the a Teeth of Terror. Okay, does that mean I could talk about the Teeth of Terror, Captain? Except the Teeth of Terror. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> no, go on, go on. Explain, explain unto us the virtues of the Teeth of Terror, Captain. So the Teeth of Terror, Captain, is a slash captain or a chain captain that I have... I would say I come up with, but it's not really that imaginative. But if you work it out right with the right combination of Warlord traits, like the Imperium Sword, and uh, the Blood Angel abilities like uh, Savage Echoes, you could get a captain with potentially 11 attacks. Uh, and that doesn't include if you start using things like the Visions of... Um, the death visions which means if you're like one of them is i can't find it in the book i'm so excited someone help me i know what you mean the death visions are sanguineous for the death company where if yeah, every five models within attack. six yeah. inches of you whatever or three inches of you you get an extra attack yes so you, he could have nom 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 how, how many how many people how many orc boys in the squad oh like 30, 30 yeah so no six extra six attacks so he's got 17 attacks give him exploding sixes with unleash rage uh, you're you're going crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, some really really. Cool Sorry, stuff. that was just my really excitement because I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I mean, really, I think uh, actually, probably just just quickly. And I know we have spoken a lot about Death Company, but I don't think we've spoken about the actual Death Visions. Um, so th- th- there are some really really powerful things there. So um, I don't know who wants to take that. As as uh, uh, got yeah. Go <laughs> I keep I, yeah, I keep going. Uh, the death. We shall duel over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay um <laughs> uh, yeah so death visions is a new is a new me- mechanic for the death company it's really thematic it's awesome uh you can only do it on a model interestingly um so if you had a unit of 10 you yeah. could do it on one guy well to be fair i think 10 30 plus <laughs> 10 d3 mortal wounds might it be would, a bit strong. it would be horrifying <laughs> yeah, it, would be, it would be horrifying so yes you can only do it on a model and you can only do each one once per battle um, and but there is a stratagem where you can do two at once, or you can use the same one again. Um, but visions are sanguineous. A, a car- Sorry, but which a is car- amazing. Yeah. That's so, but that's a so model good. can only use one. But again, the stratagem can be used to fix that. So uh, really, this is something for your death company characters, and you get a, you get a choice of three different death com- uh, death visions of sanguineous. Now these are the, as we spoke about earlier. These are the things of what that death company marine is experiencing at that moment in time with the black rage. And there is three. 
You have one they're experiencing being on the bridge of the vengeful spirit, the other one they're experiencing the grace of the angel, and the other they're experiencing to slay the war master. On the bridge of the vengeful spirit is that a model can only use this death vision if any enemy infantry character or monster character models are visible to it. Uh, if a model uses the de death vision, then until that fight is resolved, add one to that model's attacks characteristic for every five enemy models that are within six inches of it. You also get to re-roll the hit roll for each one of those attacks. I forgot about re-rolling the hit roll. That's even which better. is even better. <laughs> um, so, and that is why you won't be on the next yeah. stream, Rich. So, on, on, so <laughs> yeah, get out. Um, so yeah, on a chain captain, really, really strong. Um, the Grace of the Angel, a model can only use this death vision if any enemy infantry character or monster character models are within engagement range of it. If a model uses this death vision, then until the end of that turn, this model has a 3 plus invulnerable save. Ed's favourite thing. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, this is the thing. I don't hate them uh, as, an, as an overall thing. I hate them on units. Like Josh said, I hate them on units. Yeah. Like I just, uh, but on, on a character, I'm fine. Gillen but that's only one. for, yeah, that's only for one. one turn. The death, the, the, only one yeah, turn. Yeah, the, one. yeah, exactly. The death company who's, who's going to die yeah. can have one. But um, thank, yeah, thank I, you, I do fucking hate them. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, can I just ask then? Because I didn't know this. So the fact that you can use them twice, so you can have one guy do six plus two D3 mortal wounds to a dude. Have we got to that we're, one? We're, so we're, we're about one. to do this from. So to slay the, to <laughs> okay. slay the war master, ah, ah. a model can only use this death vision if any enemy infantry character or monster character models are within engagement range of it. If a model uses this death vision, then instead of making any attacks for that fight, both players roll off. If you win, select one of those enemy models. That model suffers D3 plus 3 mortal wounds. So does that mean, Josh, <laughs> that that will stack to six plus two d three mortal wounds if you use that strategy? No, that's, that's that not how that works. No, so, no, you can't use one you've already used. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank God, because that yeah. would be. Um, a lot. Though. I think. I think one thing that's worth saying about why why obviously apart from the obvious stuff that um that you know you get from this about having like a three up inbound save. Um, is is one of the reasons this is so powerful is that uh, as josh says you can put this on you know you probably want to be using this realistically on your your death company characters so you can you can upgrade your your captain or a lieutenant to be a death company captain or lieutenant you know as we've said already in 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 the lost uh, section of the book so again page 47 and you pay some points for that why that is so good is because obviously if you look in the main Space Marine book, the chapter, uh, sorry, the company command rule is that you can only have one captain and one lieutenant per, per detachment. But the Blood Angels can have two. You could have a regular captain and you could have a Death Company captain whose job it is to fly about and smash stuff to bits. The Death Company captain cannot be your warlord uh, or the lieutenant. I mean, not the, I'm not sure where you make a lieutenant your warlord, but the Death Company captain cannot be your warlord, but, and, um, I don't know how how to read this. Maybe this needs to be an FAQ. I would assume it is that you can give him warlord traits, um, but um, but uh, but yeah, he, he he is he is he is super super powerful and can then execute those death visions. So it's just a again very fluffy but very powerful competitively combo. Um, you know, situationally what, as well. Have we mentioned what the black rage does as a benefit to no uh, a character or <laughs> yeah no we we. We managed it. We managed to skip that one. So, do you want so, to? Do you, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> do you want yeah. to? Uh, do you want to listen? So, so, if you were to make a, a captain, for example, uh, <laughs> a death company captain, he gets an extra attack. He gains a six up, uh, feel no pain, um, and um, they well, all death company units have these unique, uh, like, 
thing where they can't uh, they can't fall back from combat. And um, which you do a lot. Yeah, which you do. But also, <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They can they hold objectives? No. No. There you go. That's basically what happens when you upgrade. So to upgrade a captain, it costs twenty points. To upgrade a, a lieutenant, it costs uh, ten points to do so. Uh, and then yeah. a specific death company unit. So. I really like yeah. the three okay. plus invulnerable death vision on a death company dreadnought. Yeah, I I, really I think cool. that that's I think really that's really 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 good. Um, just yeah. death company dreadnought with a three plus invulnerable save. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think I've completely lost track of the contents page at this point. <laughs> um, but I think let's just briefly mention special edition ammunition because I know it's going to come up when oh, we talk about oh, stratagems. Oh, you've gone, so uh, you've got special you've issue death watch. You mean special issue? <laughs> So should we mention no, the sword that you keep I'm talking actually, about? I'm actually <laughs> bored of talking about Blood Angels, so I'm going to talk about Death Watch. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, so especially she wore gear. Um, just just because we were talking about the relics, I think it's just worth touching on this briefly. Um, and there there is a nice link to. We'll talk about warlord traits as well next. Um, there's a nice link here. So especially she wore gear. You get the normal bog standard ones that the Space Marines get. So the adamantine mantle, the artificer armor, master crafted weapon, and the digital weapons. But the sort of unique ones for the Blood Angels. Um, there's there's quake bolts, archangel shard, flesh render grenades, and gleaming pinions. I think there's two of them that are, unless anyone uh, here disagrees, I think there's two of them that are actually probably worth talking about out of the four, which is quake bolts and gleaming pinions. Um, so quake bolts is quite interesting because it's basically it's, if you give it, if someone's got a bolt weapon, uh, when that model is chosen to shoot with, you can choose for that weapon to fire a quake bolt. If you do, you only make one attack with that weapon, but if a hit is scored, the target unit is felled, and target unit, by the way, is felled until the end of the turn in addition to any normal damage. Each time a melee attack is made against a unit that is felled, add one to that attack's hit roll. So this is quite a nice way, if you have someone who has this, of basically shooting at someone, getting a hit, and then you send in your your um you know melee units your vanguard vets your sanguinary guard whatever they're now getting the plus one to hit as well so it's it's just like an extra added bonus on top of what you would already have the gleaming pinions are also very good so this is this is um a jump pack model and the bearer is eligible to charge in a turn in which it fell back and you can re-roll charge rolls for the bearer so it's kind of getting you a little bit more back towards the angel's wing although obviously without the overwatch thing now the reason obviously normally we wouldn't really t talk about especially issue war gear that much the reason it's it's quite good in the blood angels is because to, to flip over to warlord traits which is what i think we're mostly going to talk about next there is a warlord trait called artisan of war and artisan of war says this warlord can be given one of the following special issue war gear relics uh, adamantine mantle um a mastercrafted weapon, digital uh, weapons, or um, artificer armor, in addition to any other relics they may have, and each relic in your army may be unique. So while you don't get those unique Blood Angels ones, you can still give your your character an extra bit of uh, an extra relic, effectively, on top of what it already has from the Blood Angels list. Which you know, again, to go to think about like a, a sort of smash captain, if you give them something like the the adamantine uh, mantle you know, or the Artificer Armour, they just become infinitely tougher, um, which can be quite good. So it's just a good way of, of adding up uh, adding up additional sort of extra bonus stuff um, onto your um, onto your, your characters. Yeah, I, and and yeah, I, it's it's really, it's really good. Um, and you can also, 
I believe there's a stratagem where you can give a character two warlord traits, so you can give them that. Yes. <laughs> you can give yeah, them yeah, that. Yeah. So you can give them two warlord traits and two relics, which is just really you know make an absolute weapon of an individual. Um, but yeah, I mean the the warlord traits. Just to touch on them very briefly, they've not really trained changed that much from the eighth edition book. You still got speed of the Primarch. Uh, Artisan of War is different, um, but Soul Warden is pretty much the same as it was. Um, heroic bearing is quite good. Heroic bearing has changed because it used to be like everyone's just immune to morale within yeah. six inches. That has changed probably for the better. Um, it's got a wider aura, so add three inches to the range of the Warlord's auras. Uh, and they also um, add one to the leadership characteristic of models within nine inches of them. Um, Gift of Foresight is better, I think, because that used to be you could re-roll, you could re-roll ones on Feel No Pains, I think. Yeah, yeah. if you had a yeah. six up Feel No Pain, you could make it a five up Feel No Pain, and then you'd also re-roll the yeah. one. I mean... I- I think I think this is better. This version of it. Yeah, it is much this, better. This is awesome. Um, so this one lets you re-roll one hit roll, one wound roll, and one saving throw each turn, which is. So what we know from this is that when Blood Angels attempt um, the Blood Games, they win every time <laughs> because they clearly get a much better version. Yeah. So, and, uh, I, I think yeah. I mean, they always had a solid. There was never a bad choice in the warlord traits for blood angels which was always nice um there was ones that people always took so artisan war meant you just got plus one damage to one of your weapons yeah you had damage for fun yeah and that was the one usually people take i didn't really take it i used to take gift of foresight or i would take um heroic bearing yeah, I but um yeah i mean there's not really a bad choice in there again which is really good uh, and similarly for the sanguinary discipline it's mostly unchanged the big change that i can see in it is um uh, that um, no, actually, it's not a change. Oh no, unleash rage is different. So that used to be that everyone yes, yeah. gets everyone you target a unit, and everyone got plus one attack in that unit, which was just heinous when you put it on fifteen mm. death company. Um, but um, yeah, now it's uh, an unmodified hit roll of six scores, an additional hit, which is just fairer. It could just be mental as well. Yeah, yeah they're all they're also they've all moved all of their sanguinary uh, discipline powers have all moved to warp charge six. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is like an increase of one for a couple of them, but actually it's mostly because quite a few of them were warp charge seven, so it's actually it's it's a it's a it's a bonus for 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 quite a few of them I think. And some were wings are slightly changed. Some were, uh, um, uh, flipping uh, warp charge five. Wings was five, I believe. It was so yeah. easy yeah, to get yeah. off. Um, wings. Well, wings has changed slightly, yeah, a little bit from it before, right? It's it's, it's power it could only I, I believe before you would be. Psychic phase and it would stay active to the next psychic phase, so you'd gain the benefits in the next movement phase. Whereas now it's um, it's a warp charge value six, the manifest cycle making a normal move, yeah, or fall back as if it were your movement phase, yeah. in addition until the end of your phase, yeah. The psychic has a move character to twelve and a five. It's more, it's more that they've, I think they've, they've just made it explicit now, um, mm. because the the um, the previously it was like the absence of the wording made people yeah. just go okay well then it's active and understandably like you know not not trying to be janky at all just oh yeah understandably it's active till my next psychic phase so the power is on so i just fly about yeah yeah it used to be yeah you you would just continue to fly which that game all that came with all of the benefits of the charge phase um now it means that if you fly a dreadnought onto a piece of scenery you will strand him on the top until he can do it again uh, rather than flying down in the next movement phase but um yeah and i think 
now's probably just a quick time a good time to probably just quickly jump onto stratagems stratagems have changed uh from uh what they were in eighth edition uh and i think they've changed not for the better but for the health of the game they've changed um so uh i believe it was um yeah descent of angels has changed it's no longer 3d6 charge um it is uh, you get to re-roll um charges and uh, you get to add one to your hit roll which arguably is is almost as good but not quite because a 3d6 charge is pretty tough to fail even though i have managed it several times um yeah. they also well, get it's, access it's to ignore, everything it's ignored sorry go on yeah sorry to, to jump to jump in i was just gonna say to, just because something you said earlier which i think is is important about this again lots of people a lot of the moaning about this book was about the fact that descent of angels went because that 3d6 charge was just something you always used because you know it's just again it's, rich it's so good oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but but something you said earlier more hipster about you know the amount of terrain you know you said you don't want to be deep striking all the time because the amount of terrain on the boards obviously the boards are now smaller as well so actually this this stratagem which obviously allows you to um ignore all modifiers so if you need to charge through like a crater or through some woods or something, you know, or anything that's going to give you give you minuses to your charge, that's really good to ignore that. And then obviously you you then get the the plus one to hit, which is a nice bonus. So actually, yeah, fine. The three d six charge is gone, but this is still really good and it's still really useful, especially on the yeah. new boards and the new the new board sizes. The other thing I would say, nice little spicy combo with this stratagem that I've seen people use because it says add plus one to the hit roll not add plus one to the hit to melee attack uh, sorry plus one to hits from melee attacks a unit that this is really good on is something like plasma inceptors again tying into the theme of now having access to the entire book right the entire space marine codex because now you bring in your plasma inceptors all i mean all regular inceptors i guess but plasma are widely acknowledged as being one of the best units in the game right now you drop them in you drop this strat fine it's one it's one cp right but you're not necessarily trying to get those inceptors to charge what you've now got is a load of, you know, blast weapon assault D3 plasma inceptors who are hitting you on twos with strength seven minus three, you know, d damage weapons, uh, 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 sorry, minus three AP uh, weapons at like, you know, for, for one CP yeah. hitting on twos. That's really good. Yeah, it's really strong. Um, the, the other thing to call out is upon wings of fire has also changed. Um, so this used to be that you could pick a blood angels unit pick it up off the battlefield and place it anywhere you want nine inches away um and you could do that in the same turn this has changed so that you do it and you then drop them in the next turn so it's technically more tactical and this is what i was saying yeah. about that change to the death company thing of doing fall on fury which has also changed slightly you can no longer advance as part of that so fall on fury is a stratagem where you play it on a death company unit before the game begins and that death company unit can immediately move 12 inches uh, or well, up to a maximum of 12 inches, so jump pack guys rather than foot sloggers. You can't have Primaris Death Company just move 12 inches suddenly. That would be insane. Um, what they used to be able to do is they used to be able to advance as part of that, and then with plus one to that, you know, you could have potentials of the Death Company starting 19 inches forward, and then what you would then do is use Upon Wings of Fire to move Lamartis up 
to be nine inches away to give them that death company unit reroll hits and reroll charges as well so it was a really strong combination to get death company in really easily um it, as i say it has changed it's it's fundamentally the same but you remove the unit and then in your next reinforcement step you then place them on the battlefield nine inches away so you do still have a turn to think about it so it becomes a more tactical stratagem rather than more of a point and click the other thing i really want to point out is that red rampage has changed um it's no longer add d3 attacks to a character um it's just uh, on an unmodified wound roll of a six the armor penetration characteristic attack is approved by one and is cumulative with the combat doctrine's ability um it's 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 not as good as it was unfortunately um so it means i probably won't use that very much anymore um but um but again it's he can use it in the command phase when you're in the assault doctrine and it affects the whole army right uh if there's so oh yeah. it does yeah yeah sorry yeah. i missed yeah. that part everyone, which is actually really nice one yeah. it is much really better is. yeah sorry i completely <laughs> missed that part i think no i i think yeah. i think there's there's a couple in here like like red brown page example of a really good one another one i really like uh just quickly is is angel sacrifice i was i was about to cover that one. Oh, sorry so, sorry go on i've jumped ahead go no on. no so the the angel sacrifice is really 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 cool and there is a combination here that is absolutely insane and it's so fluffy so tying back in ed to your question about how you build a fluffy army for blood angels you bring the sanguinor and the reason is you bring the sanguinor for this stratagem so the stratagem is use the stratagem in the fight phase select one blood angels character unit from your army until the end of that phase each time an enemy unit is selected to fight if a model in that unit is within engagement range of that character unit when your opponent is selecting targets for its attacks those attacks can only target that character unit and because the new sanguinor rules give him an ability to heroically intervene out of deep strike so onto the table <laughs> so you can use him to rescue unit play the angel sacrifice to keep that unit safe so that unit can only strike him it's so good it's so awesome that like if you've got a unit of death company you really want to keep alive and you've got the uh, you've got the sanguinor um off the table waiting to come in you can bring him on to heroically intervene and then make sure that the opponent can only hit him rather than that unit of death company keeping them safe yeah and i i, I it's just yeah it's just crazy um i i think Another another good one, just because we're now talking about you know Sanguinor is 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 one of those unique Blood Angels you know character data sheets that we have in this this supplement, and he is just awesome. Um, but one of the other ones that's worth touching on as a, as a link to a stratagem is is Chalice Overflowing, which is one CP, which is about the the Sanguinary Priest. Um, so the Sanguinary Priest is basically the Blood Angels equivalent of an apothecary, and I mentioned earlier that obviously while you get access to the uh, Space Marine Codex, one of the things that is different is your apothecaries are Sanguinary priests which are an hq choice rather than an elite's choice and again goes to this point about the hq slot for blood angels being quite heavily contested um so one of the one of the abilities that a sanguinary priest has is something called a blood chalice and what the blood chalice does is in your command phase select one friendly blunt front friendly blood angels core or blood angels character unit excluding vehicles within six inches of the model until the start of your next command phase if the tactical doctrine or devastated doctrine is active for your army then each time a model in that unit makes an attack the assault doctrine is considered to be active for this uh, for that attack instead and the chalice overflowing stratagem is basically one cp you can do it twice now, while this is while this is quite interesting, is this is one of these points in in this supplement where there is, shall we say, a little bit of debate in the community about exactly what this 
uh, ability does, which is which is sort of why I'm bringing it up. So uh, the the blood chalice ability, the way that most people read this, and if you've listened to other podcasts, you'll talk about these. One thing you'll hear people say is that they talk about this and they go, "Oh, you select a unit, they go into the assault doctrine." Or they're treated as if they're in the Assault Doctrine. And obviously the Blood Angels get their Savage Echoes bonus in the Assault Doctrine, right? Arguably, and this has been mentioned, I think um, Sam and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, I think Brian Pullen over on, on Tabletop Titans, who we, we talked about. Drop. I think they, they, they yeah, name drop, yeah. they mentioned name this. Drop. Is technically, and, and someone who wants to be that guy uh, will, might do this. The way it's worded, so I'll just read it again. Um, if the if the tactical doctrine or devastated doctrine is active for your army, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, the assault doctrine is considered to be active for that attack instead. So the argument is that the way this is worded is that it means the assault doctrine is applied to an attack. So you get like the additional uh, AP on a on a melee weapon. It doesn't apply to the model, so you don't get you you don't get the extra attack that you would get for Savage Echoes purely by having other attacks. If you see what I mean, does that? kind of make make sense right however again my take on this and i'm not just saying this is a blood angels fan sam man and i obviously sam man is the big dark angels player we've talked about this and our our view i think if i may speak for him for a second is don't be that guy the intention of this absent an faq from 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 g-dubs which may well come along and i may well have to eat my words i would think the intention here is that 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 sanguinary priest can put a unit into the assault doctrine I, I would hope that's the intention anyway, because I think that's what they're trying to get at. So, realistically, you probably do get your additional bonuses from that. But it's one of those things where you may see it, you know, if, as we get back to tournaments, absent an FAQ, this may come up and it may be a point of interpretation. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the Sanguinary Priest and his ability and the controversy, perhaps, about that. Yeah, and the only thing yeah, with the Sanguinary Priest is that... Um... He has a jump pack, which makes him more mobile, which makes him more appropriate for a melee army. If you want to be more considered approach, that stratagem is absolutely useless if you take Brother Corbulo, because his chalice is an aura, so yeah. everyone gets it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I was going to mention that. He's 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 good. <laughs> but also Dante, uh, something that we, sh- we should also mention, because we just mentioned some of the um, uh, epic D stratagems. So Dante's got an improvement where he gets to use, it's called the Epic Hero of the Imperium. Once per battle, this model is selected to use in an epic D stratagem. This stratagem costs zero command points. So he could be that guy who just takes all those hits or his fellow brothers. Uh, or he could um, fight for free if he dies. Which is kind of cool. It's really strong. Uh, it's really good. And, yeah, know, and really know, strong. Do you know what? Sorry, just going back to something we were talking about pre, pre-recording the podcast. So one of, one of the things we were talking about before this was the fact that one of the things that Dante gives you is he gives you one command point. Yeah. Right. And to go back to the 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 law we were talking about earlier, Dante is the Lord Commander of the Imperium Nihilus. Right. He's in this really you know strong position, and he only gives you one command point. And we were all saying that's a bit weird when Marnius Calgar, the spiritual liege of the uh, of the <laughs> Ultramarines, um, he gives you two. Right. By virtue of being the Space Marine, uh, the Ultramarines Chapter Master, which is a bit odd. Dante's Chapter Master of Blood Angels. Why doesn't he give you two? Maybe just this popped into my head which is why i'm saying it because we're talking about this this epic area of the imperium maybe one of the reasons why they've done that is they've said well look he gives you a command point for free but then he also effectively does give you another one for free albeit to be used on him because he can do an epic deed stratagem you know for nothing so maybe oh. that maybe that's the rules writer's logic there sorry just yeah. to bring Good in logic. something we were talking about before before recording yeah he's also chapter master and his rules have been changed to be in line with chapter master they weren't at yep. the end of eighth which was annoying he still had re-roll or failed hit rolls 
failed, which was a bit annoying, because um, everybody else's rules changed to just re-roll hit rolls. His change, his didn't in change in line with that. But I mean, he's he's still Dante. He's still really good, and you can you can build your army around him. You obviously want to take things like Sanguinary Guard with him. Um, you want him to be kind of if you're going to use him, you want him to be uh, you know at the center of a of a of a melee bomb. Um, he doesn't make it into most Blood Angels list because of his points. He is always really really expensive. Um, and yeah. the uh, chapter, the, you know, a captain with a thunder hammer and jump pack was just a thousand times better than Dante. One of the things I've noticed with Dante is that he's lost his ability to just munch characters. Um, he used to have reroll uh, wound rolls uh, against uh, uh, characters, uh, enemy characters, which was really quite good with the Axe Mortalis, which is, you know, plus three strength, minus three damage too. That just goes through any 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 he's, characters. He's gained. Um, I'm not sure if he's gained this. Uh, you you're about to tell me, but he um, he's got a minus one to hit now. He has gained that. So all sanguinary. Yeah. All sanguinary oh, so things. This is different. Um. So his is um, in shooting and in combat. When if you look at the sanguinary guard, it explicitly says because their one's called the angelic visage. Yeah. Which is it just in melee attacks, whereas his is the 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 death mask of sanguinius, which is just um says that an attack mode uh role is made against. Yeah. Him. No, it's, it's, so he, cool. he has got better. He is still quite expensive, and he's 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 a chapter master, guys. He's 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 good. Um, I, I I've got him ready to paint him. I I just haven't got around to him um, for ages. Uh, just because you know I've I ran a death company heavy list. I am veering more towards doing a sanguinary guard list now that everyone thinks that sanguinary guard are worse. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, it, it's 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 worth. It. I mean, you say you say you think they're worse, right? I think it's it, they're maybe not as good as they were, but it's worth it's worth pointing out while we're talking about you know gold golden boys and talking about sangri guard so much. There's an argument to say, uh, and again, others have said. And I think this is sorry. I'm just going to keep mentioning. I think this is another sort of tabletop titans uh, point that they've made is that they think the sangri guard for their points are one of the best units in the game because they're like yeah, they third, have, yeah, they're thirty points, say, yeah. thirty points base. You get, um, you know, you get two weapons thrown in for free that you don't have to pay for. Sorry, options of two weapons thrown in for free, which is the Incarmine, obviously the Angelus bolt gun, but then the Incarmine sword and the Incarmine axe, each of which are, you know, plus one or plus two to strength respectively, minus three, minus two AP, and two damage. So they're great killers of of other Marines as well as other tough units. Um, You know, they get that minus one to hit in in melee. They have a jump pack that you can use all those stratagems on them. They re-roll, sorry, they add one um, to hit rolls when they're within six inches of your warlord. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're just... They're really really... strong data sheet. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got a a really cool stratagem, which allows them to heroically intervene for one CP. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I genuinely think they're still super. Yeah, they, they are. But like really, really the, good. The like, salt is for people who think it. they should have got an extra wound because they already had two wounds. Um, no, um, they yeah, that they should have got three. They're, wounds. Not in, they're not in. They're not in Terminator armor. No, so. exactly. No, sorry, too much. No, I completely agree. Um, but they do have a two plus save. But what you don't get now with them is the five plus plus plus. You don't get the feel no pain because you don't get the banner anymore. But you can take a warlord trait that lets you do that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I mean, let's be fair. If you're again to go back to the thing about you know people complain about supplements. If your argument is my particular thing, be it unit, stratagem, whatever, is not quite as obnoxious as it used to be, 
that's you know that that's that's not a that's not like the worst thing in the world like if that if you're if you've got a unit that genuinely does end up just being terrible because i don't know know, maybe they point it into oblivion or something yeah you can have a little gripe and we know you know griping is a good third of the hobby but like yeah come on guys oh i've lost my 3d6 charge and i haven't got an extra wound that i didn't have before oh no but my unit is 30 points and will still absolutely mash most things it runs into yeah it, it's still really good guys it's still really good. yeah uh, and the only the only last thing the, the last thing that i want to say is that death company with jump packs being limited to a 10-man unit rather than a 15 i think it's bullshit that's the only thing <laughs> the, that's the only thing in this book that i think is bullshit because if, yeah i mean that that is a good example of one that's, that, to be fair no that is a good example of one that's it's just a bit weird like why i mean it's been 15 for a long time the other thing the other thing that they've changed is you know you can't take a bolt gun and chainsaw i was waiting which, for you i was waiting for you which to say i that. get because arguably they are two-handed weapons and it's been a very meta choice for a long time in in you know, to take bolt guns and chainsaws and now with the doctrines that makes them so good and uh, particularly with minus one chainsaws yeah or innately and then becoming minus two in the in the in the in the um in the in the combat doctrine i uh i don't think that one's as big of a bullshit thing as being not being able to take them into units of 15 i really hate that as a change and that is the only thing the only thing in the whole but the rest of it love it the only thing i hate is being restricted to 10 rather than 15 because it just seems unnecessary yeah, it's, it wasn't it wasn't game breaking that you could have a unit of fifteen death company exactly was it? So oh, I mean, yeah. I tell know, that it's... to anyone who's ever been on the receiving end of <laughs> receiving 15. end. Yeah. Hey, hey, I've I've been on the receiving end and watched them fail to three d six charge, which was quite funny. But yeah, I, I, that is the the one criticism of the book. The rest of it, I think, the changes are all for the better. Uh, but yeah. not being able to take a unit of fifteen death company anymore just yeah. sucks. I mean, I, I think in summary, it's just it's a really it's a really good supplement. Like overall, it just it again there are some there are some lateral moves, there are some side side grades yeah. where things have changed. But on the whole, it, it's just it, there are combos that are in that are in this, and we've touched on a couple of them, um, which are really strong. And again, not not to really emphasize this, but having access to the whole of the Space Marine Codex as well. Like we already know that's a really strong codex, and then you're adding on a supplement with lots of you know additional sort of uh, you know spice and and stuff that you're adding on top, which which just makes you even better. Yeah. I mean, again, like again, a really quick, really easy example: a Redemptor Dreadnought in a in a Blood Angels army is a fantastic candidate because to give the uh, the strap from the main codex to that puts you into all doctrines at once. That's two CP because you get all of the Blood Angels bonuses you um you know you're 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 getting all of the bonuses from the other doctrines and again in a blood Angels army because of the 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 plus one to wound and 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 uh, effect from red thirst if it gets into combat and the the advance and charge it's even better so it's it's a good example of something that's very good already add the blood angel supplement on top with the ability to get there and it just gets even better yeah it's i'm happy what we're not like the book hasn't come out and it's not made us absolutely ridiculous because i don't want to feel bad for playing it and it also just makes the game just game bear as a whole i mean i think it was i think i think it was already as an art as a faction if it it it's it's funny because like it's for a long time it's been a case of well there's the very obvious uh smash captain who's very easy to use but to use mono blood angels 
it used to ha- it used to have some problems because it, it is a melee focused space marine chapter and to get the best out of them you had to take as much melee as you can and a lot of space marine benefits were based in taking lots of guns so we saw that the strongest thing in space marines for a long time was iron hands leviathan dreadnoughts now you could do a diet version of that with the rest of the things in the space marine codex but if you try to do it with blood angels you're just not getting anything out of it so they were a bit more of a thinking man's army and i think this book changes them to be even more so because the smash captain whilst you can still do him jump pack thunder hammer storm shield he's not as point and click overpowered ridiculous nonsense as he was before you can get him to those levels but it takes a little bit more thought and it takes a little bit more kind of nuance with the model i think Mm. so yeah, yeah I, I think this is it's a brilliant book. Yeah, well, I think to be honest, I, I yeah, I, I do think it's the best army in the game now. <laughs> I'm not until, lie. until the Dark um, Angels Codex, right? <laughs> no, because I, I don't think if the Dark Angels Codex it depends how the Dark Angels Codex changes. Yeah. So it's, t- it's impossible to say, but I, I think it's unlikely because I think you guys will um, play the mission far far better, and that's how, that's how you win games. I think Dark Angels will be like they are now, which is like they are ridiculously tough and good and have some broken shit, but it's like. When you go against other of those top tier armies, you're not going to win the games. You're gonna you're gonna piss people off, but like yeah, that's it. Whereas Blood Angels will uh, win the game and um, handsomely in, until in some absolute um, bum plunder Raven Wing rules come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got serious worries that those Raven Wing rules are going to drop. No, not not worries. It's exciting, really. I suppose that's probably the thing. But like with the new, I've got this just feeling that the new um, land speeders. There's going to be kind of an air in the community of, well, what's the point? We've got so much mobile firepower anyway. And then the Ravenwing thing is going to be less like, oh, yeah. And like if you take these, you get like to do 26 mortal wounds to everything within six inches. Yeah. Or, yeah, or that, something that, 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 nonsense that. like that. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I hope those are famous last words and I'll update them in a month's time. Um, but I think let's wrap up there. So I think, yeah, Blood Angels players rejoice. Um, extremely, uh, extremely happy times for, for, for you to come. Um, people that aren't Blood Angels players, um, yeah, let's let's just uh, we'll have to get together and discuss how to beat these guys. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's call it there. So Adam, where can people find you, mate? Yeah, so I am uh, on Instagram at adr wargaming. Brilliant. And Reza, uh, I am on Instagram as at Reza Prime. And Josh, can I get uh, the list? I am <laughs> in Cheltenham. <laughs> no, I. You have, you have to okay. go there to, to do it to meet. Yeah. We'll put the PO no, I'm below. on Instagram as the War Hipster. I'm on YouTube as the War Hipster. Uh, well, just as War Hipster. I'm on Patreon and I'm on Ko-Fi as well as War Hipster. Yeah, and I think I think you might actually have a couple of. Am I right? I think you have a couple of. I have a few. Um, I think right, I have okay. somewhere in the region of eleven. Um, okay. Just because. You should have stopped at nine. I know. That's fine. I know. <laughs> uh, and also, we're going to be doing a Death Company tutorial very soon. Awesome. Very awesome. Nice. Well, yeah, I think that's yeah, really, really exciting because the Death Company, I, I think, look quite neat, but it, Blood Angels Intercessors, but you don't get a massive amount of support in terms of kits. So, uh, yeah, I think to painting those is going to be a real, real interesting challenge for our people. Uh, but you can find me at uh, the Sandman Hobby, or you can find us all at the Conclave 40k podcast. Adam, did I get that right? Uh, yeah, I think, we, I think we're at the Conclave 40k on Instagram. At the Conclave Fuck's 40k. Fuck's sake. Every time I get it wrong. We'll Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, and you yeah. Can, no, I won't. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think you can also, you can, uh, also send... Um, 
uh, it, like comments or anything to us at uh, theconclave40k at gmail.com I believe is our email address yep. so yeah sure yeah memes. or in letters right. you can write oh, yeah. to us you can you can you can <laughs> carry a pigeon you can find us on discord i'm sure you can yeah there Your is box. there is yeah. literally <laughs> too many Psychic ways too many ways to talk to us and nobody does <laughs> nobody likes us guys yeah but if if, if, so, if you have if you have if you do have episode ideas or stuff you'd like to hear us talk about or yeah memes whatever feel free send them send them through and uh and, or and just send know. in insults to uh about Quickster. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like Stoney's, yeah. let us know. This was this was a very light yeah. bullying Quickster episode, and I think. Uh, yeah, should we? Should we get some? No, no. Let's let's leave it at that yeah. for this this time. But next time I'm on, it's well, just going to be. He's, he's in therapy. This, yeah. yeah, he's in therapy today. Something about workplace harassment. So I. I <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks very much for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see. You Bye. Next time.